We need this to be a showpiece series, a World Cup, if you will, of baseball in the same way that the World Cup of soccer exists. And that needs to come from the top, and you can't worry about whether ratings are going to be good in the United States or not if you have the best players playing. Ladies and gentlemen, we I'll never, ever, ever forgive the Diamondbacks for stealing the 2001 World Series away from the Yankees. May they rot in hell for all eternity. <laughs> you heard that, Arizona. I'm talking to you. All right. I don't want to see any more Phillies and, and, and Cardinals around here doing anything in the, in the postseason. <laughs> Thinking about it, uh, his body of work at that point included uh, 200 lifetime average and Mr. Belvedere. Well, last year it was Jesus, which got me pretty uh, close, you know, but uh, ultimately uh, Jesus forsake me, forsook, forsook me, forsaken me, however you say, he let me down. That will be your Achilles heel. You will, that will cost you the championship right there. I we'll predict see. that that will cost you your champion, the championship. We'll see. And I will win because you picked the Red Sox. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio with your host, Tim Banal. What is going on, my friends? This is Tim Banal of BanalofAmerica.com with the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special. For long-time listeners of the show, you know that we like to take a little break here in the spring, stop and smell the roses, and really just walk away from the paranormal for one episode to devote some time to other pursuits. And those other pursuits are, of course, the game of baseball. It is time once again for one of the most beloved and reviled editions of the program as we tackle America's pastime with a cavalcade of paranormal stars. On this year's installment of the baseball special, you'll be hearing from old friends Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, Adam Go-Rightly, Jason Offit, and Richard Dolan. Additionally, appearing here on the program will be the winner of the Listener Prediction Contest. He posts at the BOA forum under the name Shots90S, but his name in real life is simply Mike. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, our longtime friend Lauren Coleman could not participate in this year's festivities, but we have secured his predictions for the 2013 season. And he is, of course, joining in on the big contest. There is really not much more to say beyond that. Of course, you're going to be hearing a lot of baseball talk. You're going to be hearing a lot of conversations that you would pretty much expect to hear if I were to meet up with any of these guests at a bar somewhere and sat down to have some beers. For the folks who can't stand the baseball special, well, chances are 95% of you are not listening as it is. But stay tuned to Banal of America in the next 48 hours or so, 
because we're going to roll out an all-new pure esoteric edition of the program with our guest, Thomas Fusco. So for the folks who enjoy the baseball special and the paranormal discussion on the show, you're getting two episodes here over the course of hopefully two or three days. That should keep you pretty busy going into the weekend. Obviously, since we have six guests here featured on the big baseball special, there is no point in doing bios at the beginning of the program. So with all that said, let's get down to business, my friends, and play ball. These interviews were recorded over the course of the last 10 days of March. Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, Adam Go-Rightly, Jason Offit, Rich Dolan, and Shots 90S. Join us on the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special. And uh, this year we're leading off with the 2012 baseball prediction champion, filmmaker, author, publisher, paranormal pundit, as I like to call him, Paul Kimball. Congratulations, my friend. You are a champion. 2012 uh, was a very narrow race, but you squeaked by Adam Go-Rightly and uh, captured the 2012 Baseball Prediction Championship. So welcome back, sir. Welcome back, champion. Thank you very much. And it just goes to show not only are Canadians smarter than Americans, but actually doing your research is a better way of making your predictions than throwing darts at a dartboard, which I believe is the go-rightly method. So um, I'm glad I squeaked out a win because I can't imagine what that would do for predictors everywhere if Adam actually won. Wow. This is the start of his reign, and he's already uh – Sorry, well, it's not the start, but it's certainly, uh, this is what your reign is all about. It's a lot of trash talking here going on already. Go Riley was very close. He used the Tebow method for the record. Yeah, he was close, but you know what? I am going to repeat this year. You hear it here first. I am going to repeat and defend my title, and I'm going to take all of you down. So, and I'm going to win by a bigger margin, because I'm going to get most of my predictions right. Wow. Well, that's yeah, pretty bold I'm, because uh, I'm taking my defense seriously. I've done some real research. I went on the Sports Illustrated website ten minutes ago, checked what they were doing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm completely ready to defend my title. I've taken this completely seriously. Well, this is exciting in a way because uh, we've had five previous champions: Dolan, Coleman, me, Offit, and you. So the only people out of the seven of us who haven't won yet are Bishop and Go Rightly. So this is the odds. And no one's doubled up. So the odds suggest that someone is definitely going to be a double champion this year, unless Bishop and Gorelli can finally arrive at the dance. So it's going to be... It's not going to happen. All right. It's not going to happen because they live in California. And <laughs> they're three hours behind, or four hours behind you, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not only time-wise behind us, but they're also behind us in terms of our sort of um, intellectual prowess when it comes to assessing the baseball landscape. So all the rest of us, us East Coasters, like Dolan, you, me, I don't know where off it's from. He's uh, from the Midwest. Yeah, close enough. Fair enough. But, you know, we're, we're all, we're in the heartland of baseball. And those guys are out there cheering for the Giants and the Dodgers, which are sort of fake teams that got transplanted from the East 50 years ago. Stolen, so they, they, some would say. 
What, what? Stolen, some would say. Exactly. Stolen. So thieves never prosper. There you go. <laughs> I, like how you took, I like how you took that and twisted it even further. All right. So you, leading, <laughs> leading into this, I, I was thinking about uh, this conversation earlier uh, when I was setting it up the last couple of days. Because I, I think it's every three years. But I think three years ago we had you on the show, and you were really bullish on the World Baseball Classic. And, of course, we just wrapped up uh, the, the World, the WBC, and you warned me ahead of time before we started that you were going to rag on Americans. And um, before I let you rag on Americans, I'll just say that, I, you know, I just I found the WBC to be kind of lackluster this year. And I just didn't really, I just couldn't get into it. I don't know what it is. Maybe because it's on the baseball channel and it's impossible to find on my cable network. So it's like, if it was on ESPN, I'd probably watch it more, but it's not. But anyway, you, and and, and that just does not just say go for me. It was, you know, across the board here in America, I guess the ratings were really down. And, and uh, you as our Canadian representative are disappointed with uh, your American brethren when it comes to the, WBC. Well, it would be easy to bash Americans, <clears throat> and so I'm going to. Now, <laughs> the thing about Americans, and this is a broad generalization for a country over with over 300 million people, so obviously it doesn't apply to everyone, but in general, I think it does. They don't like sports that they can't dominate. There's probably the reason why the NFL, which is basically just rugby with armor on it, is so popular. Because it's you're the only country that plays. I mean, Canadians, we have the CFL, and we like it. But you're the only country that really takes that kind of football seriously. Um, you know, so that's a sport you can dominate. Baseball, you used to be able to dominate baseball. Clearly, you can't anymore. An awful lot of players, you, you clearly don't dominate ice hockey um, because a large number of players, the majority of players, come from Canada or Europe or other places, even though there's good American players. You you do dominate basketball, but the, the rest of the world is catching up. I mean, Spain, there's a lot of countries that have good teams. So baseball, though, it, it's very disappointing to me, I look at other countries. I, I can, I'll compare baseball and the World Baseball Classic, and it's clearly not there yet, but to the World Cup of Soccer, as you folks would say. Or yeah, that's the, that's the ideal, I guess, for them. Yeah. Football, as the rest of the civilized world would say. Um, a couple of problems, and it's not just with the fans in the United States. To, to some extent, I don't actually blame the fans in the United States. Well, I do, but um, part of their own my, cultural myopia. But it's understandable in the sense you take your lead from your players, and so an awful lot of players didn't show up. Right. I was going to say that as a defense because, like, it, it wasn't really the best team that the United States could even put together. So, no. Or would put together, I guess, is probably the better To be one. fair, there were stars from other countries, even the Dominican, which won, that, um, like Albert Pujols, who didn't show up. But there were more star players showing up on the other teams than there were that agreed to play for the United States. And I just contrast that with soccer, where – if somebody, I mean, they actually fight to get on World Cup teams. They t every country around the world, you know, it's the height of your professional career is if you're selected to represent your country in the World Cup of soccer, um, especially in, you know, soccer, football-mad countries like England or France or Italy or Brazil. Whereas part of it is, you know, there's a long history, a long tradition there, and the game is globally popular. But the same, the game is, glo base, baseball is a globally popular game. It's, and they're very good at it in all these other countries too. So that's not really an excuse. All, the only excuse I can think of for the low ratings in the United States, because frankly the ratings were pretty good in a lot of the other countries. I, I 
I understand that the ratings were off the charts in Japan. Yeah, I heard about that, yeah. Which has a a very uh, long-standing baseball culture. The ratings were really good in in the Caribbean. They were even actually reasonably good, I guess, here in Canada. So, and even in Europe, and uh, I think in Italy and in the Netherlands, countries that advanced farther than you might have expected, the ratings were um, on a percentage basis better than in the United States. And nobody, I think, would ever confuse the Netherlands as a hotbed of baseball, although maybe they are now. So then you look at the United States and you say, well, why aren't Americans, why don't Americans get jazzed about this? Because here's our chance to, because you like this. This is what Americans like and what generally they're good at. We're going to go beat the crap out of the rest of the world. Yeah, hoorah, we're the best. Well, wait a second now. Here's your chance to prove it with your national pastime. You get to go play the best players from all the other countries in the world that play baseball. Many of these players play in your country, in your professional league. But the same thing is true with the World Hockey Championships. Um, you know, if you're playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you don't go. But generally speaking, if, you don't, if your team doesn't make the playoffs, you go play in the World Hockey Championships. The Olympics, certainly you would, you would play. So why aren't you going, um, all these players on major league teams? If you're injured, you get a pass, no problem. But most of them didn't have that pass. So then you have to look at Major League Baseball, which is invested, is trying to invest a lot of time and money into this to really spread the game. It's good for baseball. It's it's good for everything. Well, okay, why didn't you? The real problem are the besides the fans in the United States. The real problem are the general managers. Major League Baseball has to go to the teams and say, look, you can't withhold these players. We have to have your best players, not only for our team, but Japan and and, and yeah. the Dominican. You know, the best players have to go for every team. We need this to be a showpiece series, a, a World Cup, if you will, of baseball in the same way that the World Cup of soccer exists. And that needs to come from the top. And you can't worry about whether ratings are going to be good in the United States or not if you have the best players playing. And a, a real commitment to make this work, I'm convinced ratings in the United States will increase because the stakes will increase. So, again, I'm, I make fun of Americans, and I, I sort of blame the fans. And I think, you know, the fans missed out on a great – there was great baseball played. And the final – you know, the games between the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico were fantastic. The, the stakes were high. The game between, you know, any time the United States was playing the Dominican or Puerto Rico, the stakes were high. Japan and – all the games were great. Stakes were really high. Even when Canada played the United States, I remember tuning in, and Canada was ahead. And I thought, awesome. We're going to beat the United States and kick them out of the tournament of their national pastime before they even get out of the first round. And you guys came back and won. Fair enough. It was exciting baseball. It's thrilling. It's one game, winner-take-all kind of thing, although you're playing in the round robin. But like the World Cup of Soccer, once you advance to the playoff rounds, it's it. One game, winner, loser, go home. So it's kind of like every game is a game seven of the World Series. And the truth is, the World Series is not the World Series, because there's really good baseball players playing in other leagues around the world. The World Series is really good. The American leagues are clearly the best league, leagues, professional leagues um, in the world. But it's time to recognize that it's not really the World Series, because there's only one team from another country, uh, Toronto, and the rest of the teams are all Americans. So American cities. So it's an American championship of the American Professional League. But what I actually think the World Baseball Classic could and should become eventually is the true world championship of baseball, where the best players from each country are get together and whoever is left standing at the end of the, the process, boom, you are the world champions of baseball. In the same way that you can look at the Spanish and say, you're the world champions of soccer. 
right now. Even though club teams win, say, the the uh, Champions League in Europe or uh, Manchester United wins the, the English League or somebody wins the FA Cup, all those things are league championships, and they're great. It's wonderful to win the FA Cup in England or to win the Scottish Cup in Scotland or whatever. But the World Cup, every soccer player knows that you're representing your country, that is the pinnacle of achievement in that particular sport. And I'd like to I'd like to see that the same sort of thing happen to baseball. It's not going to happen today or tomorrow. It might not happen for 10, 15, 20 years. But I kind of hope that, you know, by the time I'm a crotchety old guy in my late 60s, 20 years from now, that that's where the World Baseball Classic, which is a dumb name, by the way. They should they can't call it the World Series of Baseball, obviously. Well, it's they called the call World it. Baseball Cup. They could. The World Cup of Baseball or something. World, World Baseball Classic is kind of a goofy name, I have to admit. Um, the term classic, I think that might turn some fans off, too, because it makes it sound old. You know, it's like the classic is not a term that sounds cool and edgy for the kids or it's whatever. It's probably supposed to be like the fall classic. That's what they yeah. call the World Series. So, But exactly. just to defend America here, just, uh, you know, it has been all Something America. Bob Costas would have dreamt up. <laughs> it probably was. But yeah. you have to understand, though, too, and I'm sure you, you do realize this, but just because it's called the national pastime, uh, you know, baseball has been far surpassed by football and even basketball. It's, I would say baseball is probably like the number three sport in popularity in, in America now. It's number two for sure. I think basketball and baseball compete with each other Essentially, as the number yeah. two slot. Yeah, they can and be like hockey, five or two. Hockey of the four major leagues is the, the weak cousin or something that competes with NASCAR and golf basically now. Right. So, I but, mean, what I'm saying is just, you know, there just isn't really – you know, if this was like the 70s or 80s, it might be a different story, but it really, no, baseball so. has been tremendously supplanted by football. I, I think it's, but that illustrates the problem. The reason I think football is so popular is because you're the only ones who play it, really. So, you, you know, you kind of own it. You don't have to worry about competition. Um, I, I love America. I love Americans. I just think you have a problem with competition. I think you have a problem with people who beating you at things. I think that and, you're just mistaking the the, I, I think that the, the football is more popular just because it's it's very American in a different way. It's very violent and fast and and reckless, and and baseball is sort of slow and serene, and you know it's just, it, it's, I, a, it's for a different generation. I think that's well. I think that's either a really sad commentary on American culture, which it could be, or I think it's a bit of a misread. I, I, I recognize the NFL for the moment is the most popular league, but those things come and go. And with a lot of the rule changes that are coming to the the NFL, I think you might see its popularity uh, wane. Although it might not wane in back towards baseball, you might find something another crazy league that's even more violent, like you know piano dropping or something. But Mixed the but even if you even if you accept that baseball was the third most popular sport in the United States, it's still very popular. There's still large numbers, you know, it still has an incredibly large fan base, and those people didn't watch. So I'm not talking about Americans even. I'll narrow my criticism to American baseball fans, and they didn't tune in. That's fair so, enough. I, I, so it's not know. even about, you know, if some guy is in Kansas City and he just doesn't like baseball, he's a football fan, fine, no problem. He, You know what, he's probably more likely to tune in, though, if the United States is in the final, just for the hoorah thing. Like, yeah, we're number one. I don't even care what the sport is. We just want to beat these, these people from these foreign countries. Okay, it's the baseball fans who stayed away. And I, I get it and I don't get it. I think it's sad. That's a sad commentary on baseball and how they view baseball and how they view it as part of a, a growing worldwide sport. 
But, you know, I sort of understand it, too. And a lot of the blame lies with Major League Baseball for not promoting it properly um, and for not twisting the arms of the teams in Major League Baseball and saying, you know what, you got to send your best players. Um, you need to send your best guys and make sure they're there. I agree with for this to work. Know, I agree with that. I, again, because no, one, I, the other part is that, like I said, it was, you know, the baseball channel is obviously uh, a great channel, but it's like a third tier. It's really not, you know, if this was on ESPN, I bet you the the the, the ratings would be much better. Probably. And I mean, it was on, I can't remember what network it was on up here in Canada, but it was one of the major, it was like our ESPN or one of our sport, right. more significant sports channels. Um, and Rick Sutcliffe, he's a horrible commentator. But, you know, if you want to give the, the veneer of this is a serious thing, then you need to have it with, no offense to Rick Sutcliffe, but you need your top, like get Joe Buck, not everyone likes Joe Buck, but get your top commentary team in there. Whoever you think your two, Tim McCarver, whoever you think your two no. best guys are, yeah. get the, get them doing it. Or your best teams of people. Don't say, sorry, but Rick Sutcliffe's a minor leaguer in commentary. You need to send your best guys there. You need to make an event out of this. And for God's sake, you need to make sure that the final isn't in San Francisco. Um, because it was pouring rain. So you need to make sure the final is either in an indoor stadium or it's in some place like Phoenix or one of the southern cities where you know the weather's not going to be a problem. Um, and frankly, then you should be moving the final, you know, next time they play, I don't know what their schedule is, but make the final, put it in Tokyo or have it in Toronto or wherever. Yeah, put it in the Dominican. Good. You know, move it around like the World Cup does. So the pieces are there, and I... Part of you and I talked beforehand. I mean, I'm kind of just being purposefully confrontational because this is kind of the fun baseball thing. Right. So I'm a little over the top in the anti-American thing uh, as fans. But it's it's largely because I like Americans, and I think they missed a really, really, really good competition. The games were exciting. Well, some of them were nail-biting. And you could tell that the players who did show up were really invested in being there. Even the American guys were taking it very seriously. It's just there wasn't enough of them there. When David Wright is your top guy for your team, no offense, he's a good player, but you've left your best guys home. Yeah, they and pulled that, David Wright anyway halfway through the tournament. Yeah. But, again, i got to go back to the – you know, there's a media problem here as well. Like you said, oh, they should have had Joe. Like, they just can't, you know, they can't just pull Joe Buck and have him do it. Like, he's under contract. And the other part is, that, like, I don't know, you probably don't see this up in Canada, but here it's like the big the big criticism against CSPN is they, they don't have any uh, hockey contract, right? So yeah. the hockey, they've done, like, studies. Get buried. Right. So it's like they don't. I think they had it. They had the baseball classic for ESPN Desportes, and you know it was like they really, they really did bury it. It wasn't like in even in the top five to seven stories every night. So I mean, it's just again, it, it's really a victim of its own circumstance. You know? Sure, I watch around the horn. I watch. Um, pardon the interruption with Kornheiser and Wilbon. And if the WBC got on, it was usually the fourth or fifth item or something. Or after the, the commercial, like the segment after the commercial. Right. So, and I even mean, the final wasn't the lead-off item on that day. I think it, the day it was, you know, the Miami Heat win again. Well, who cares? You know, call me when the Heat break the record or they're one or two games away from breaking the record. But this is a World Baseball Classic. But that's on Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has the clout to call the networks up and say, look, you air our regular season stuff. Part of what we want to do, part of the package, part of the deal is we want your best efforts. We want you to pay attention to this because this is important to us. 
And that's, you know, if you want to get something, and it's clear that C-League and Major League Baseball, at least at the upper echelons, take this seriously, want it to work, then you actually kind of have to, it's like the bully pulpit for the president. If you really believe in something, you have to spend some of your capital, which means you kind of have to call in some favors, have to threaten people, push them around, do whatever you have to do, or else stop doing the World Baseball Classic. I mean, to me, those are your two options. Yeah. Do it well and make it work, or just give it up. Those are the two options. But this middle ground where and, – and it can't succeed if it doesn't succeed in the United States. You well, that's make the it. other part where I kind of disagree. I, I, I saw them talking about this on – they had this conversation on PTI, and it was like I kind of see their point of view where they were saying, you know, it, growing it, it doesn't really need – the point is to grow the, the interest in the sport around the world, not necessarily in America. Right. But the World Baseball Classic, even around the world, I'm sure the people in the Dominican are happy to have won. I'm sure Puerto Rico is happy to be there, Italy, all those countries. But to actually make it work, to make people take it truly seriously, like they take the World Cup of Soccer seriously, you have to have the best players there. So that's what I'm talking about when I say make it work. And until you have the best players representing each of the countries, then it's not really going to work in the way that it either needs to or you should shut it down. Because at the moment, it's kind of in that nether region. Despite the fact there was good baseball, despite the fact that it was exciting baseball, and I love the winner-take-all kind of one-game-and-you're-done sort of playoff things. Um, Even when I was watching and excited, because I watched most of the games, I realized, you know, look, uh, David Wright's the best guy in the American team right now. That's when he was playing. That's, you know, they don't have their best players. Even the Dominican Republic didn't have all of their best players, although they had an awful lot of them. But but you look at that Dominican Republican uh, Dominican Republic team. That team could contend, contend for a World Series title if you took all, that entire team stuck in the major leagues. It would win ninety plus games. It's it was that good. You just realize how many good players have come out of the Dominican, and even the team from Puerto Rico. You know, a lot of Japan, a lot of the other teams. You go, you know what? You take some of these top level teams, stick them in the uh, in the in the major league baseball as constituted right now. They they could probably do pretty well. Um, they could certainly do better than the Houston Astros. So, so there's a lot of good baseball players around the world. I'm just I feel sorry for Americans for whatever reason. Not enough of them tuned in, and they missed really good baseball at a time when your only other option, if you're a baseball fan, is to watch spring training games, which you know is just a waste of time. Well, as an American, all I'll say is that. There are far more reasons to feel sorry for us than the fact we missed out on the baseball classic. So, <laughs> while we appreciate your concern, we're drowning. So, <laughs> so well, you know, I'd, I'd say you're always you're all welcome to come to Canada, but we uh, we, guard plan, our, actually, yeah. we guard our southern border um, very carefully. We don't like you know immigrants coming up from the south and ruining our way of life here with their crazy sort of mentality. So, um, you know, we're thinking of maybe even building a fence. That that we took that idea from you guys, so oh, we're going to let please. you do it first, see how it works out for you, and then we might try. We're all going to join up in the one in the one country anyway. We all know that, but that's a whole different show. Anyway, so I hear, I hear that from Jim Mars, so it must be it must be true. There you go. Um, well, there's your there's your twenty minute uh, World Baseball Classic. Uh, I, like I said, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think it's a very well. We we've kind of. Massage. I don't even nuances. get to talk about steroids. Ah, let's say who wants to talk about steroids? That's ridiculous. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. No, no. I'm not cutting off the the thing. Yeah. No, I, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, have other people. There's so a Ryan Braun's other... a cheat. That's all I'm going to say. What's that? That's my one steroid comment. Ryan Braun is a cheat, and he should give his his MVP award back. He's he a total cheat. That's obvious. 
He's a liar and a cheat. So there you go. Yeah, he's a bum. Um, no, the 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 only uh, the other point here. I have a, I try not to pepper you too much with uh, team discussion, but uh, as our Canadian representative, even though you are a Red Sox fan, um, you know, give me give me sort of a a feeling on the zeitgeist up there in Canada as uh, the Blue Jays look poised to be sort of the uh, team du jour this year. Uh, uh, you know, ironically enough, they're this year's Miami Marlins because they are constituted by most most of the Miami Marlins. But well, you know, this morning. Everyone's sworn I picked the Jays to be the wild card last year. I can't remember. It might have been one of the picks I, I got wrong in my championship run. But um, Or I picked them to be very good anyway. I was probably a year too soon. And I was a year too late the year before with the Phillies. I, I missed their drop-off. Um, you know, I picked them to win. And so, you know, I'm close, but just off. Um, you could probably wait for the Blue Jays. I can talk about them really briefly when I do my predictions because I think they're going to feature highly in my sort of breakdown on who's going to win each division and that sort of thing. Okay, but, so we, uh, all right. But let's just say they're going to do better than the Red Sox this year. All right. Well, what, what okay, so everybody in that everyone in that division is going to do better than the Red Sox. So should we just get into predictions so you can because I feel like we're going to get into you're the first person I've talked to, so I haven't really uh Sure, we we can go into the predictions because I probably did blow my 20 minutes on World Baseball Classic, which is good because I'm probably the only person who's even going to mention it. If you don't bring it up to anyone else, I guarantee you, I bet nobody else mentions it. On this program, the WBC is your bailiwick. So There you go. Anyway, all right. Are you ready to do predictions? Because I feel like uh, we'll we'll really get into the the nitty-gritty here and probably get into more stuff uh, that I would have asked you about. So we just dig into predictions and we'll get into that. So, all right. Now, as you said, you've, you've predicted a, a, a defense here of the title, and uh, that would be obviously historic, so I'm excited. It sounds like you've put some thought into this, probably about as much as I have, so uh, let's get down to business. We start right. with the American League East, and I, uh, I await your pick. Your American League East champions are going to be the Toronto Blue Jays. All right. Sounds interesting. How Now, I, I set you up earlier for the Toronto thing, and you sort of... So kind of paused me on this. So what do you? So what? What makes you bullish on the Blue Jays aside from the fact their their massive acquisition of talent? They got all the good things out of Miami and left Ozzie Guillen behind, and <laughs> all the bad things in Miami. They already had a good core of young talent in uh, Bautista and Carnacion, some good pitchers, pretty good bullpen. So the pieces that they've added, and if you watch the World Baseball Classic, you'd realize what a really great player. Reyes is when he's healthy and on his game. Yeah. Um, and I think because he did so well in the WBC, he's going to come in really energized. I like Mark Burley. He's a 12- to 15-game winner. He's a good guy to stick in the middle of your rotation. He's a good mentor for some of the younger pitchers. You know, I could get, I think R.A. Dickey's not going to win 20 games, but I think he's going to win 14 or 15. I mean, they're just solid all the way through. They're loaded. They fought, You know, the corporate masters that own the Blue Jays finally – unleashed the purse strings and said, good, let's load up. Enough of this rebuilding crap. Let's take our shot and see if we can win a World Series. So that's what they've done. And I think, you know, they they are in a financial realm now where they, they've always been able to compete with Boston and New York. Most Americans don't realize this, but the uh, the giant corporate entity that owns the Blue Jays has as much money as anybody. They just haven't been spending it because they, you know, Canadians would tune in anyway. This Rogers finally said, they finally, yeah, they finally, like the Dodgers kind of did, said, you know what, we need to spend money and we can make even more money by spending it if we're a consistent winner again. And so, sure, give it a shot. So, you know, they're loaded and they're clearly, they did it, unlike 
Miami, which I think kind of did it just to, they put pieces that maybe didn't fit just to try and make a splash. I think the Blue Jays actually thought about who they were acquiring. They acquired character guys like Burley. They acquired guys who could fill holes in their roster, including Reyes. He fills a hole. And who could support the good guys that they already had there. So they are set. I mean, I think they are a potential juggernaut. So um, I think they'll win, you know, by seven or eight games in the East. Okay, wow. See, I don't even have them making the playoffs. You will be mistaken. My theory is that they're going to need another year or so to gel. And I, we shall see. All right, we'll see. Yeah, that was my that's my rationalization. So my uh, my only answer would be if they were all a bunch of young guys, I'd say that might be true. Or if they were managed by a complete idiot like Ozzie Guillen, that might be true. But they don't have any of those distractions, and they have a lot of guys who are very experienced players, from Batista to Dickey. I mean, guys who've been around. They got a lot of character guys as well as talented guys. So I don't think they're going to take very long um, to gel. And if for nothing else, they're not as dysfunctional as the Red Sox and the Yankees are. So, you know, oh, believe me, I didn't. I have well, I have the Rays to win the East, so I'm not. Ah, well, you know. there you go. We'll, for me, we'll skip right ahead to my wild card because I have the Rays as my wild card pick. Okay, seems how you mentioned them. So, all right, love Joe Madden. All right, so the uh, okay, so you have the Jays for the AL East for the American yep. League Central. Detroit Tigers. All right, we're, we're down. On, yeah, that seems pretty agreeable. That's kind of where I, that is where I'm at. Um, the American League West. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or whatever they call themselves now. All right. This is gonna, I have a feeling this might be one of those years where it all comes down to a couple of picks for all of us. But, uh, okay, so then the, then the AL wild card number one, you have the Rays. Yes. And for AL wild card number two, you have? Say what now? There's a second wild card. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I got the Oakland, the I got the Oakland Athletics. Oh, okay. Interesting. I like the A's. I think last year was not a fluke. They're a team on the rise, and I actually, if I wasn't going to pick the A's, I'd be seriously tempted to pick the Kansas City Royals, but I think they are a year or two away, but they, they're they building a team that I think is um, finally going to contend. Well, you'll be happy to know that I've called your bluff on that, and my AL wild card number two pick is the Kansas City Royals. Well, we're on the same page. We just, yeah. you know, see things slightly differently, but I think so, a lot of people are looking at the Royals as sort of a dark horse team. And, that's right. And I'm one, of, one team, think, look at, you know, the fucking Orioles last year. You know, yeah, not, yeah. some there's always one team that old. bubbles up. Cincinnati came back. Yep, it's Royals time. So that's my that's my wild card two pick. I love the Royals. You can call that your Mac Tony's pick too, because he's from Casey. Um, not that he really cared about baseball, but you know, there's a there's a Mac Tony's pick. I just think Oakland Oakland has the pieces. They're for real, and um, I think they're probably gonna they're gonna squeeze into that second wild card spot, and you know, get bounced in the first round, but whatever. And for the record, since you're the first person I've talked to, I'll get my picks on the record. My other wild card pick is the Red Sox. You're such a homer. That's your. That will be your Achilles' heel. You will. That will cost you the championship right there. I we'll predict see. that that will cost you your champion. The championship. We'll see. And I will win because you picked the Red Sox, which will be ironic because I'm as big a Red Sox fan as you are. There's five other people competing. It's not just you and me. But okay. <laughs> Have you seen the roster of the other people competing? It's you and me, Tim. <laughs> no, I haven't. You're the first person I've talked to. But anyway, all right. So these people don't have a shot. So just to summarize, you have the Jays, the Tigers, the Angels, the Rays, and yep. the who's left? Oakland and the A's. Yeah. Sorry, yep. I'm looking at my picks too, so I don't want to get up confused. All right. No, for God's sake, don't give me your picks. That would be bad. No, please. We're pretty <laughs> much. We're we're close. Uh, 
Well, to, to, <laughs> just, you know, to defend, I, there is a, obviously a mix of homerism there with the Red Sox pick, and also I feel like uh, maybe now that they've sort of shed themselves of a lot of this bad baggage, that maybe they'll get it together. And, and I feel like the division actually is weaker than than it has been in quite some time. So, and I think the Rays, I'm really bullish on them because if you look at all the other teams, like I said, the the Blue Jays, they're kind of a bit this new mix. And the Orioles, I think, just got super lucky last year. And the Yankees are all banged up. The Rays have the most sort of uh, stability of all the teams. So True enough, which is why I'm picking them for the wild card. But saying that the Jays are like a new mix is kind of like a guy being offered stock options on Facebook and stepping back and going, you know, I don't know if this is going to catch on. Let me tell you, things change quickly, my friend, these days. The Jays are loaded. Take it to the bank. Polly the Greek says, Jays. All right, all right. You're I'm, so not, I'm not Greek. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, so now we move on to the National League. Now, I will say that I felt like the American League was way more – there were way more teams that I thought could sort of uh, come into play, like the A's and, you know, like the Blue Jays. So, I, But in the I National League, I felt I was a little bit, you know, I was kind of really reaching just to find a second wild card that I felt confident about. So I'll be interested to see your picks. So we have the uh, the National League East. Who you got? The Montreal Expos in exile, which is what I call the Washington Nationals because I will never call them the Washington Nationals. They are Canada's second team in exile. So the Montreal Expos and XL. All right. We're in agreement there. Uh, the National League Central. The Cincinnati Redlegs. All right. Okay. That was one where I, I struggled with the National League Central. Uh, this year There's I took – good teams there. Yeah, I took the Cardinals this year because they always seem to be consistent. So I figured uh, I, was yeah. due, I was due to be hit that one by accident. So <laughs> – yeah, the, uh, I'm going with a mix of sort of wild, of uh, dark horses and and sort of uh, old steadies. But anyway, I I just watched a number of Cincinnati games last year because they air probably more than they usually would in Canada, simply because Joey Votto is Canadian and he plays for the Reds, of course. So I I probably saw more Reds games than most people outside of Cincinnati. And um, the Reds are a really good team. They weren't a fluke. They got great pitching. They got Votto. They got good guys around them. So um, I think they're here to stay, and I think they're going to win again. But the Cards, they're a good team, too. Right. You know, the That's one of those Pirates, that come down to the wire. Yeah, the Pirates aren't bad. They should win 80, 85 games. And if I didn't sort of hate Ryan Braun so much, I might even give the Brewers some credit, but probably not. I don't care for the Brewers. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, National League West, as we this call it, the, the Bishop Go Rightly division. This is the hardest division to pick because you've got the um, free-spending Los Angeles Dodgers who are basically trying to buy a championship. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. And you got the plucky, well, for relatively plucky in the millionaire world of baseball, San Francisco Giants, who are the defending World Series champions. I will anger my friend Greg Bishop and pick the San Francisco Giants. Okay. All right. They have character, whereas the Dodgers, you want to talk about a team, everything you said about the Blue Jays, I would say about the Dodgers. Right, um, right. They have to gel, and they got a lot of egos. And I think I just read that Hanley Ramirez might be injured. He's out for eight oh. weeks. Yeah, so, you know, that's a division where you're going to have to get off to a good start, and I love the Giants pitching staff. So I always take pitching over anything else. I'm going with the Giants. All right. Um, okay, National League wild card number one. Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> just said, having just said everything, I for me, you know, the choice is which one of them wins and which one of them is the wild card. So I think yeah. the Giants squeak out a win. The Dodgers get in anyway. Okay, and then the other uh, National League wild card. Well, here's the really tough pick because – that Those ones all seem it. obvious to right. me, but okay, so, and I'm going with the Atlanta Braves. 
That's not a bad choice, yeah. They're the I only, love their bullpen. Yeah. And they got the Upton brothers. They got a good offense. I think the Braves are a good, solid pick. You know, the Cardinals, I like the Cardinals. The Cardinals are good. They could do it. But um, really, I think the Cardinals are the only other team that I even would have considered for a wild card, and I just think the Braves are better. So Okay. See, we're the uh, again, for the record, since you're the first person I've uh, – Done the uh, done had on the show here for the for the baseball special. Um, I we we flip flopped on the National League West and the wild card. I have the Dodgers for the West and the Giants for the wild card. And my other wild card pick is I don't know. You may be surprised. You'll probably be dismissive of this, but I took the uh, the Phillies. I feel like they have one last good run in them, and this might be it. So. They might. Ryan Howard seems to, you know, there's guys who can bounce back. The thing I would say about the Phillies, as as Roy Halladay goes, the Phillies will go. And um, it's always hard to tell, but it's spring training. But Halladay has not been pitching well in spring training. No, he's not pitched well right. last year. Right. So, you know, if you're not getting 15 to 17 wins out of Roy Halladay, yeah, I, I think it's tough to compete. But they're not a bad team. So if everything works, they could make it in. I like, you know, they got character, if nothing else. Yeah, well, they, it has all the makings of a, you know, it could be a disastrous year where they uh, end up selling off all their parts, but we'll see. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit of a flyer, but you know what? There would be worse picks, like the Colorado Rockies or something. Exactly, but you know something? Nine months from now, we could be saying, holy shit, how about that run the Rockies went on? So, you know, that's, no, that's what I like I, about I, baseball. I, I don't think we're going to be saying that. Well, that's, we'll see. I'm skeptical of that, know. too, but, you know. Yeah, we're, um, we're just as likely to be saying, "How about those Houston Astros?" Wow, I couldn't believe Clemens twenty game winner. <laughs> yeah. All right, so then, okay, so we've got your your divisional picks and all that good stuff. Who do you have uh, taking home the American League championship? I have the Detroit Tigers repeating. Wow. Okay. Love their pitching staff. Love their their batting, and they've had a year to gel, plus the experience of going to the World Series. So, and they picked up Troy Hunter. Yeah, they're primed. Like they're, I, I like the Jays. The Angels are obviously loaded. I mean, there's to me, there's three loaded teams: Detroit Angels, Toronto, and then Tampa Bay's got character and a good, a great manager. So those are the four teams in the mix for me. But Detroit, they're like the Rangers proved there's something to be said, and the Giants, there's something to be said for having been there. And I think they're going to come back again. Right. Okay. Um, for the record, I have Anaheim as the uh, American League champions. They would have been my second choice. So they're sort of what I think of Toronto in a couple of years. You know, I feel like they. Plus, they got ex- well. It's not luck, but they got in a way. It is. They got extremely lucky with that guy that won Rookie of the Year. Like yes, Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's sort of like this. This probably some turn of phrase that you may know, but it's just like you know they go out and spend all this money on these guys, and then it turns out they have a a guy of equal caliber within their own. You know. They just lucked out huge. Well, I don't know if it's lucked out. It's good scouting. That's what I mean. But it's not luck, but in a way, it is. It, you know how it is. Although I will say this, they are the. Um, I know they're within the rights to do it. They're the dumbest team in Major League Baseball to not give that guy a no, I know significant that. raise. Yeah. Because when he comes around for free agency, don't expect a hometown discount. Expect him to say, "Sayonara, guys. I didn't forget." So that that's just that's a horrible decision on their part. Right. And. Uh, you know, for like Mike Trout's a he's a superstar. Crazy. Anyway, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's like they gave all that money to Hamilton because they knew they didn't have to probably spend a shitload on this young kid. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like if they were really smart and built to the future, like the Rays or something, they would have locked him up like the Rays did Longoria, and 
you know, passed on yeah, they, Hamilton. But. They'd look at him. They'd say, you're the real deal. Your speed, power, average, and you're one of the great fielders. You are um, Joe DiMaggio for our generation or, you know, start listing names. You're one of those guys. Now, bad things could happen, but we're going to sign you to a 10-year deal for $250 million. We're just exactly. not going to pussyfoot around, kid. You're our guy. But nope. They, and it's not like they don't have the money. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, I just wanted to get that in because when I read it, I was incredulous. They gave him like a $20,000 raise or something. Right. Thanks for coming. <laughs> All right. So you've got the Tigers for the AL. Who do you have for the National League champions? The San Francisco Giants, a replay of the World Series. Wow. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I have the Nationals taking the uh, National League. So, Good pick, but love the Giants. Love the pitching. Stuff. All right. So you've got the Tigers facing off against the Giants. Once again, and who do you have uh, wrapping it up? Who do you have winning the whole thing? Drum roll. I really want to pick the Tigers, but I think while it's closer, the Tigers are the new Buffalo Bills of Major League Baseball, and the Giants repeat as World Series champions. Wow. Establish, establish a true dynasty with three of the last four World Series titles. Stunning. I'm surprised by your picks, but, you know, you are the champion this year, so I cannot besmirch them. I'm impressed. I, I just timed I just time traveled a year in, into the future. I'm the champion for this coming year too. So All right, fair enough. Well I have for the record I have the Anaheim Angels taking it all this year. So Well, we're in the same state. Despite knocking California and the lousy picks of Go Riley and Bishop, we're at least we, we pick teams from their state. So there you go. All right. So there's the there's both Paul's picks and my picks here for the year. Who do you uh, have the Angels beating? Who's I have the Angels beating the Nationals. Oh, right, okay. okay. And I really sort of, I kind of debated that heavily, but in the end, I feel like, uh, I just feel like the Angels, you know, all the the mix finally will come to fruition this year. So, but like I said, we'll see. It very well could. Um, They're they're a good choice. The Nationals, I think, not such a good choice because they're still young, but I think the Angels, I think the Angels, if it's not the Tigers, it's going to be the Angels, but uh, we'll see. And, uh, that's pretty much it. The only other point I, I would make, and I'll probably make it maybe with other uh, guests, would be to keep an eye on the uh, Cleveland Indians. They'll be an interesting team. I'm, I'm more, I'm more. I'm not saying oh they're going to be good or anything. I just feel like, uh, you know, with Francona and sort of, I think they're like a few. I think they're like a few years away, sort of, from the commitment that some of these other teams have made to their teams. So it's like they're sort of dipping their toe in the water of actually committing to winning. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that experiment goes. And, of course, I feel like the Yankees, I'm hoping for a really terrible year from them. And it's um, looking all I, can say, all I can say about the Indians is it's hard to hate any team from Cleveland because they're just so sad. So I hope they have a decent year. And, you know, the Yankees, um, I think they will finish ahead of the Red Sox, but I think both of them are going to finish, you know, in third, fourth, fifth place kind of thing. So, And that's probably a good thing for baseball for a little while, to have those two behemoths out and let some of the new guys in. There you go. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, your segment here for the baseball special. Give us some plugs. What do you got coming up? Uh, You know, what's going on? What should people look forward to? All that good stuff. Well, my book, The Other Side of Truth, is still out, and it's now available on uh, Kindle, ebook, on all sorts of sites through nice. our, our European distributor, so you can actually get it in the electronic version. The um, Mac Tony's, the first volume of Post-Human Blues, is still out, and it will be out in ebook version, all those same things, within the next month. 
And uh, Volume 2 of Post-Human Blues will be out in about a month. I get books from Aaron Gullius, Nick Redfern, um, Dave Sandler, British uh, Paranormal Investigator. A lot of stuff's coming out of my publishing company. And I have a new series that... Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Congratulations. I meant to uh, I meant to send you a private message, but uh, my, my life is topsy-turvy as it is. So congratulations on the new series. Ghost Stories, yes, which is kind of basically like Ghost Cases, only um, better. So uh, I thought it was some comedy series you were doing. Was no. that the, but the picture you posted on Twitter or something? Right. A year ago, I did this goofy little thing about the Mystery Man, which was me kind of making fun of paranormal investigators. And I was using the same title because it's a great title. and But it wasn't. It was going to be for a sort of serious kind of ghost cases investigative show. Oh, I thought it was like but, a, oh, I thought you were doing like a, sat, a satirical comedy show. No, and I got that from a number of people who sort of remembered the old kind yeah. of thing that I put up. Oh, now I'm but disappointed. I said, you know what? I'm going to save the Mystery Man thing and it, try and get that off the ground as a comedy show at some point. But no, no. So we, we changed the title to Ghost Stories. And it's, um, uh, although for the international distribution, it, it might be different. And so, yeah, it's basically ghost cases where we're going to go. Probably it looks like Holly Stevens and I getting back together to investigate strange and haunted places and the stories of people who live there um, throughout Canada and Europe and the United States and wherever we go. Awesome. All right. Well, where can yeah. folks find out more from you? Redstarfilms.tv? Nope. Uh, well, oh, close. Red, oh, okay, good. <laughs> Redstarfilmtv.com. Ah, okay. It's company website, and it's all there. Oh, and by the way, the last thing I'll plug, because it'll make Tim Crawford at UFO TV happy, uh, Best Evidence Top 10 UFO Sightings is finally out on DVD. It was just released a couple of weeks ago by UFO TV. And included on it, because I promised people kick-ass bonus features years ago when I was still trying to get it out on DVD, uh, our Stan T. Friedman is Real, the entire film, and Feels the Fear, the documentary I did about uh, Canadian cattle mutilation investigator Fern Belzil. So three documentaries for the price of one. Plus nice. some other, I think, some short interviews with Peter Gerson and Greg Bishop and a few other things are on it, too. So that's good. So RedStarFilmTV.com is the website, right? Si, senor. Nice. I got it. There you go. Look at this guy. He's all international now from the World Baseball Classic. But uh, I'm, just speaking, I'm just speaking the native language of your country, my friend. What is it? You're obsessed with America and, and our problems. Jesus. <laughs> Get down here and help us fix it if you're so fucking concerned. <laughs> I do. I come, I come down all the time, and I stand on street corners in Los Angeles and try and get people to, to try and convince them to change. And then I realize I'm in the one city in the United States where you, they actually think like Canadians. So <laughs> people just walk by and go, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Yeah, we should have you know universal health care. All right, then. All right, there's another one. I sign you up. I'm making progress. There you go. All right, Paul. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I hope you come in second place in this year's competition behind me. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And hopefully you can make your way down to Boston sometime this summer for a Red Sox game. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Or you can make your way out to California, and maybe we can both go out and pester Bishop to give us Dodgers tickets. Believe me, if I could, I would. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. There's, I'm, the Tim Benall-Paul Kimball corporate partnership is still uh, a subject of some interest. So Exactly, and, and much disdain from other people. No. <laughs> Indeed. True <laughs> enough. Yes. All everybody. right. Thanks again, Paul, and uh, let's keep in touch, buddy. Absolutely, and to the Banal of America audience, thanks for continuing to listen to BOA. It's still the best podcast out there. Oh, thanks, man. You're listening to Banal of America Audio.
Continuing onward here with the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special, we are welcoming our longtime friend Greg Bishop back to the festivities. And I've lost track of counting this a long time ago, but he's far and away has appeared on the most editions of the program ever. It's got to be nearly 10 at this point, but I'd have to look and count them all. But I didn't is, know that. But, and you said yeah. continuing on, so that, that obviously means I wasn't first. Well, <laughs> it's kind of interesting this year. We reversed the order a little bit. Usually it, it starts with uh, with Lauren and, and Rich and then... You know, the most to say, they're like the big baseball head, so they should go first. <laughs> I think I'll be rounding out the end of the of the special this year because we started with Paul since he won the big uh, the big prediction contest last year. So oh, that's right. He was deemed to be the leadoff man, and then it's kind of an odd year this year because I'm trying to get everybody in as soon as possible to try and uh, instead of trying to chase everybody down after the <laughs> after the season started. Yeah. But, uh, so yes, continuing onward, most appearances ever by anybody ever on the program. He is, I can't, you know, he's part of the foundation of this show. He's, he's part of the fabric of Banal of America Audio and, uh. Proudly, I might add. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, uh, a good friend as well. So it's good to have him back here on the program and his team, his, his hometown team, uh, the LA Dodgers, They've really burst uh, onto the scene in a big way since the big sale. So, how do you, I guess just to start, you know, how do you feel about sort of the Dodgers awaking from their slumber? That's probably the best way to put it. It's uh, great, and and then it very quickly after that, in the same breath, kind of embarrassing. How so? That's an interesting take. How is well, it embarrassing? Just to make, because I don't like. I don't like the. You know, I I don't want them to turn into the Yankees West with a bunch of. Um, Butthole fans that go around bullying everybody, which is what they do anyway, but now it's like on a national stage. So if they, they've got the chops behind them of the team, like really, you know, running roughshod and making it to the playoffs and beyond, then it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I don't, I would like them to do well, but I don't like people to do things well in like this big Hollywood way. It's just kind of embarrassing to me, but that's just me. That, that's just my own personal thing. Yeah. Um, you know, if they do well and everybody has pride in the team and they go to the World Series or, you know, you know, uh, even win it, then I think it, you know, it, it would make me feel great, of course. I've been going to games not as long as a lot of people, but probably, let's see, almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh, going to Dodger games and watching them go to the playoffs like three times, twice, I mean, no, I think it was three times. Might have been more than that, but uh, it's it's always been just you know I go to games with my wife or girlfriend, friend, or whoever, and I just expect the worst. And then if yeah, I've, I've gone over this theme before, I think I expect the worst, and if they do better than the worst, I'm happy. Um, now it's kind of like these huge expectations that everybody's talking about, and they've they've got to live up to, or or as I say, and as I said when they started signing all these people in the off season, there's going to be a lot of splaining to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting. Well, I was surprised to see that they have the the highest payroll in baseball now. They're actually past the Yankees. Yeah, which is stunning. It's, it's not hard to do. I, I don't know if they closed the TV deal yet, but the TV deal is supposedly going to pay for the purchase price of the team, or very near it. And then on the other hand, they're like, I went over there to look at the stadium the other day because we were thinking about changing our seats or getting season tickets instead of like thirty games and um. They're re- they're changing a lot of stuff there. It was like they were 
like hacking the stadium to bits and rebuilding l- large parts of it. Not like the stands or anything, but stuff on the field. Yeah. The uh, bullpens were getting changed. They got new uh, um, uh, clubhouse, uh, both visitors and home clubhouse. And they had this weird thing where they had one batting cage for a long time underneath the stands. And the other team would have to actually walk through the Dodgers or by the Dodgers um, clubhouse to get to the batting cage, which was kind of strange. So they finally eliminated that. And they got, like, different food and they lowered the parking price too as a goodwill gesture last year from because it had been like ten dollars for many years and the your your friend uh Frank McCourt from Boston cranked it up to fifteen, which pissed everybody off. I stopped parking in the lot after that now they lowered it back down to ten. Doesn't he still own the parking lot or do they get rid of that? yeah he still owns the parking lot, but he has no controlling interest in it, so they can do whatever the hell they so want. He can't really do too much about it as far as I understand. Maybe that was one like an additional fuck you where they were like, AM. yeah I mean they, <laughs> you know? exactly they, they you know and, and he, it's funny how you know most people want to get rid of him. I like I kind of want to see him humiliated and screwed with and 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 trampled underfoot, you know. I saw him in the park in the in the stadium. He was ten feet away from me on the last game of the season, and I was standing there with my wife, and she looked at me. She said, "Don't." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I take it with all these changes, there's no more Manny Wood then. No, no, no. That, that went that away when he got. Yeah. Uh, no, I was being sarcastic. He got suspended. They kind of kept it there, and then he came. He came back, and it was sort of half-hearted. And then after the season, they just took it out. Well, it's funny. I was like, you know, it's just making that joke. It's like, it, oh, you. I was talking about the section in the stadium where they had what's called Manny Wood. Right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Home runs. Yeah. But it's yeah. like it's you look back on. Even though it was only like maybe three or four years ago, this was it's kind of like almost this weird quaint period where they had like Joe Torre yeah. and Manny, and now it's like a whole different team. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I guess they have some of the core left. Like, uh, I mean, s- certainly Clayton Kershaw, who's like you know, godly pitcher, and uh, Kemp and Ethier, and um, God, I can't think of anybody else that's still there after all this time. There's, they 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 had a lot of uh, turnover. Uh, Loney left. He was never any great big asset anyway, but it, everybody liked him. But liking and being a good player are two different things. So. Is Andre Ethier still there, or did he go somewhere else? No, no, he's still there. They they signed him. They gave him a big fat contract, not as fat as Kemp's, but pretty decent for like I don't know three or four years or something. Pretty pretty good contract. I mean, you know, he's pretty good. He's What's that called? He's like, uh, I don't know what his wins above replacement player is, but it's it's respectable. I mean, respectable in the, you know, way beyond average. So why, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah I, I think they should keep him on. Everybody else did. They were like kind of dangling him for trade bait in the off season, but then they decided to stay with him, I guess, which is good. I mean, you know, if the team does well, he'll, he's kind of one of those players that if the team's not doing well, he gets kind of, He's kind of pissy. Yeah. And if the team's doing well and he's being taken care of, he's fine. You never really hear from him, and he does his job. Now, I know. I think we. I don't know if we talked, but I know we exchanged emails when the big uh, sell-off happened for the Red Sox. And we can't. I can't thank you enough as a Red Sox fan. I know you had nothing to do with it, but <laughs> thank you so much for taking all of those dudes. It was. You know. You, that, didn't, you didn't want uh, Adrian Gonzalez, huh? He just. Uh, from what I understand, I'll be interested to see if you if this comes up. 
He LA. loves it here. He grew up here, everything. So I've heard that he's sort of like a know-it-all. They call him like Cliff Clavin. He's so like the Cliff Clavin of, of uh, the clubhouse. So I'll be interested to see if that comes up. He's kind of really? a okay. bit of an abrasive personality, a know-it-all sense. Yeah. Well, so. I think um, Mattingly takes a page from Joe Torre where he, he will he will beat down um, egos if they start to interfere with the team. That was the highlight of the of the of the Red Sox season was getting rid of all those guys. So I'll be interested to see. I think that Gonzalez will do pretty well there. Um, yeah. I mean, he kind of disappointed last year, but I don't know. I think I think he'll bounce back quite well. I um, think so. I think other he'll be people, I'm not so sure. I, yeah, I have my doubts about um, Carl Crawford. He reminds me of, like, Joan Figgins. I remember when Joan Figgins left the Angels, and he was sort of one of the high, you know, one of the high by, uh, you know, one of the big free agents of the offseason and went to the Mariners and just, you know. I, I was watching ESPN. It was on the ticker the other day. It was like, Joan Figgins released by the Mariners. It's like, <laughs> oh, God. So, and we'll see how Beckett does. He, he may, uh, I, think he'll, I think he'll be sort of a solid number three starter there. Yeah, they're they're hoping he is. So I, I think he'll be fine. Um, I hope the Korean guy Ryu or whatever his name is. They had that guy, um, the Cuban guy, is like tearing it up in, in, in spring spring training. Puig. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's hitting 500 in spring training. Like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's one thing to like write off spring training. He almost even... hit for the cycle like last week in a game. It's like, geez. Wow. Were they, They're not even planning to have him on the team. He was just there kind of working out and, you know, making sure he's ready to go and, you know, stick him back in Albuquerque. But, geez, you know, he might be ready to go. If some, somebody gets injured or whatever, I think, he, I think he'll be there. But then again, it's spring training, so you don't know. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting team. Uh, Paul and I just had this long sort of dissertation conversation about the uh, – the, the Blue Jays and how they're kind of like the Dodgers and, you know, which, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of like both similar teams in the sense where they've acquired all these pieces. Yeah. And you know, it'll be interesting to see if either team or which team or whether either team can make it work. You know, I, I, I have more faith in the Dodgers than the Blue Jays, but we'll see. Yeah, well, the Dodgers have this, I, they, you know, they, they got this huge uh, – Think they've got a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure to do well, and you know they they, they kind of had some seasoning in the in the during the last part of last season to get every all the things working together. And they got new people who are right on board. Granky is like he's kind of he's kind of a weirdo. He's like yeah. really interested in the game and studies it apparently and knows the history and that that kind of makes me happy. Yeah, he's a bit of a strange dude. I I was I actually couldn't recall if it was the Dodgers or the Angels who signed Greinke. So, uh apparently obviously it was the Dodgers, which is pretty amazing considering they they have that Kershaw guy and now they Yeah, I mean the, the more the, yeah. you're never going to get in the playoffs without some as I call them giant killers and not not as in like literally like for the against the Giants, but you know, you gotta have people that just come in and mow people down. You got, you gotta have somebody like that. You gotta have a, um, uh, Kershaw or a, or a, um, well, not really Lincecum because he doesn't do that anymore, but just somebody like that. Yeah, it's amazing the, the, uh, the turnaround on some of these guys too, because it's like, I remember when Johan Santana left the, left the Twins, it was like, he was the best pitcher in baseball. Everybody wanted him, and within like two years, it was like, no, no, done. 
You know, and now you got like Roy Halladay's kind of the same way. So it's like there's a very small window for some of these guys that are like really at the top of their game. Like you wonder, you know, like Verlander, he's amazing. But it's like, you know, come 2015, he might be meandering around, you know, with the Pirates trying to get it together or something. Yeah. It's unbelievable. No, there's just like never, hardly anybody that just goes for years and years, just like Rivera or somebody just going and going and going and going. He's like, what the hell? Does this guy ever slow down? Who else? Um, who's the last person I remember doing that? Is uh, 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 um, Randy Johnson did that for many yeah, years? Exactly. Just like, yeah. Jesus, the guy never quits. <laughs> yeah, like Sabathia might be the closest uh, guy. With yeah, or Sabathia. Long-term longevity so far. Yeah. Exactly. So it's exciting over there. I'm I'm interested to see how it shakes out uh, for the Dodgers. I think. It's, yeah, uh, me too. We've got something. 30 games here. We'll see what happens. What do you mean 30 games? You're going to 30 games? Yes, we got tickets for 30 games. Wow, 30 games. I'm going to have to make my way out there. You know, three or four a month. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Wow. So, well, we like going. I I married somebody that likes baseball as much as I do. It's it's amazing. Well, it's it's odd in a way, uh, not that, (laughs) that uh, I thought we were going to be end up talking a lot about this whole how they're mixing interleague in a lot more this year, but I haven't really even heard anything about it much. So it doesn't seem like it's going to be that much either. Yankees are coming this year to LA and the Red Sox again. Um, those are the big ones. I think, uh, Cubs. No, that's not interleague. That's not interleague, but, um, they're, 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 I, I think they're just taking the, um, is that a cat in the background? Yes, it is. It's our cat yowling her head off. (laughs) Shut up! I couldn't tell if it was a cat or a child. It was, it was that close. So yeah, well, sometimes it's not that much different. <laughs> I've heard, yeah, with cat owners, yeah. So thirty games—that's amazing. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we've—if you get less games, they kind of encourage you to get more because if you get less games, you get like you know, there's not as much of a choice of um, seats and right, right. So like the better, the, the more extensive the package, the better it is. Yeah. If you get um, season tickets, you get a pass, so you can go all over the stadium. You, know, you, get, you can get into the – I think you can get – in some cases, you can get into the stadium club, just stuff like that. So we were thinking about doing it, and we ultimately decided. Plus, they didn't really have any seats that we wanted. That's the other thing. When we went there to talk to the people selling the tickets, the uh, agents and stuff there at the yeah. stadium, they told us that um, – They've sold more season tickets this year than ever in the history of the Dodgers. Ever. Oh, wow. Well, they seem to have gotten... Well, you were saying, how come you moved us to different seats, and we've been coming for years, and all this, and they said, the rules are all changed now because we've sold so many season tickets. Wow. Well, good for them. You know, it's exciting. It's it's nice to see a new superpower emerge out of uh, in baseball. I guess it's gonna. I, I hope it lasts for a while. I've, like I said, I've been going for twenty years and like been so you know sort of close a couple of times. Right, right. I think they went to the NLCS once, maybe while I was been going. I don't know. Um, I think that first year they had Manny, or the second year they did pretty well. Yes, they did. In fact, I went. I came back from working on the, that film with Paul in Canada, and I've kept listening on the you know on the news and on the radio that I could get, that, like the internet radio that I could get there, and listening to the Dodgers just keep going and going, and it's like, oh, geez. So I ordered tickets in Canada before I came back for one of the playoff games. Nice. 
and nosebleed tickets on that game were like two hundred something dollars. I got two two hundred dollar tickets in the last row of the top deck. <laughs> but I saw that was the one they won, so I got to see it. Nice, nice. So you'll be going to thirty games or so. That's pretty amazing. I'm I'm very envious. It's so oh, hard to get a ticket to visit. I got game. plenty of tickets. Uh Go Rightly's gonna go um see the pirates with us on like Five days after opening day on April 6th. Nice, nice. So he, him and his wife and a friend of theirs are coming up, and we're we're all going to go out to a game. I guess they couldn't come earlier because they're opening with the Giants, um, which usually is a recipe for disaster, but they, they've decided, made the smart decision to have the game in the day so that it doesn't let out at night. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really stupid, especially if you're uh, for opening day with the Giants. Jesus, what who who? What idiot made that decision? Oh, it, I, I remember it was uh, Frank McCourt's watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get, I was surprised. Yeah. Well, what happened to that guy was terrible. I can't believe how I didn't realize. I realized it was a rivalry, but well, I mean, you get drunk assholes involved and shit like that. So I can. Yeah. Well, there's drunk assholes, and I mean, it's like what happened to all those those idiot Raider fans? I think a lot of them are going to <laughs> Dodger games. But um, I was, I think somebody found some video of of uh, Brian Stowe like at the game. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I don't know this for sure, but apparently he was really taunting the hell out of people, like really badly. And you're you're thinking, you know, one nobody deserves to be like beat into senselessness and into a coma like that at all ever. But the guy also apparently was just really taunting the shit out of him. I saw people doing it in the section I was in, San Francisco fans. I was like, what are you doing? Why would you come to a game, any baseball game, and be that? They were really rude, too. I mean, like swearing at people and challenging people to fights. I was like, what is wrong with you people? And then, Sam, you know, the L.A. fans, they respond exactly in kind. And they, they were no better, you know. They were they were yelling at everybody, so it was just, it was just a big, bad scene. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. Now, speaking of the rivalry, how do you feel about the Giants winning, uh, winning the World Series again? It's kind of frustrating, it must be. Yeah, a little, but they, you know, they, they did are, really well, and they had a good team, and it, what they did to win was amazing. I mean, they kept losing pieces and kept... You kept thinking, "Oh, that's it," and they just kept rolling. It was amazing, and I, I, I don't hate the Giants. I don't hate anybody, but it was uh, like at a certain point, you just have to tip your hat and say, "Jesus, you guys really kicked ass." Yeah, we need that to go right. You know, with less than other people might think you had, you just pulled it together. So, yeah, good job. <laughs> now, what's the? Now you're you're pretty. You know, I remember you were you went to one of these things with the uh, the assistant general manager or something like that. You're pretty tuned into the sort of the the zeitgeist of of the fandom there. Well, how's the feeling there? Sort of uh, cautiously optimistic. I think people are like way over the top, too much optimistic. But that's okay, just because yeah. it's me. <laughs> yeah. It must be. I mean, I told you about the the tickets being sold. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't tell you if people, you know, if that doesn't tell you how people feel if they're speaking with their their feet in their wallets and saying we really expect this to be really good. I mean, to the point of you know some exciting games, but mostly I think they want to see them just steamroll over everyone, which I don't prefer. I don't I don't like that, but yeah, you don't want that because no, you know, I, I would like to see a you know a competitive game. Somebody told me to. We were talking about long balls and stuff, and I said I don't care about the stupid long ball. Four in a row is kind of nice. That one game a few years ago. Oh yeah, I remember that story. <laughs> I was there at that game, but um, 
You know, I want to see a suicide squeeze done real well. I want to see a base stolen very, you know, well. I want to see like a hit and run that's executed perfectly. I love those things. The fundamentals. Our run is just kind of really exciting and it lets off a lot of steam and all that. But it's like dropping an A bomb. It's just not it's not interesting to me. It's just <laughs> that's it. All right. So people are a little overly and now, what about this whole thing? Is it, I think it's more of a corporate uh, sort of rivalry, but is there really much of a rivalry between the Angels and the Dodgers, like as far as sort of like uh, to be the L.A. team? I know, the, I know the Angels are like weirdly. I don't know why the Angels want to be the L.A. team. What the hell is up with that? They don't like Orange County. They don't like Anaheim. They don't like that area. It's like, what? what's wrong with them? And it's not the Angels. It's a stupid. I think it's the marketing department and Artie Moreno's trying to get the L.A. fan base and identify the team with L.A., which most people I know in L.A. Don't, won't, won't have any of it. Yeah. They can't, anytime they come to play, ever, I, I see people with shirts that say the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. Or the, no, they say the Anaheim Angels of Anaheim, their T-shirts. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the weird part. That, 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 it, it, it is, it's transparent is probably the best way to put it. I mean, it's a pure marketing ploy. That's it. They're just right. trying to pull the fan base and the TV deals and all that. It's like, well, you know, if they... If they consistently field a good team and, and get far into the playoffs, which they have, they've, they've got a decent shot at it. If they've been, if they've been like consistently sucking since that since that campaign started, they wouldn't. They would have stopped it. But they've been doing pretty well, so they they think they got a, still got a shot at some of the LA fan base. And it's like, well, as far as I I can see, and I'm concerned, no, they don't. Well, the crazy part is, it's like they, it, it, it's like a battle too for star power. Which I guess makes both teams better, but it's like yeah. you know the Angels get Pujols and yeah. and Hamilton, and then you know the Dodgers get Granky, and and it's like they're not even in the same division, they're not even in the same uh, league. <laughs> but there's a lot of interleague with the Angels, not a lot, but there's I they think play the most year, interleague yeah. plays with the Angels because people. There, you know what? I feel like there's more rivalry since they did that L.A. Angels of Anaheim thing. Yeah. Because people are irritated by it, and rightly so. <laughs> I don't. You're not in L.A. You're like twenty. You're like thirty miles away. You're not even in L.A. County. <laughs> people don't realize that. They think it's like you know, this is L.A. It's like no. If you drive about something like thirty minutes south of L.A., it turns into Orange County. Yeah. See, I'm totally unfamiliar with the. With the yeah. Uh, it's 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 a it's um you know it's a continuous sprawl urban sprawl all the way from. L.A., like uh, northern San Fernando Valley, all the way down to, like, you know, near San Onofre Power Station there near San Clemente. But um, there's, you know, definitely there is a dividing line between L.A. County and Los Angeles and all the cities incorporated into Los Angeles and Los Angeles County and Orange County, which is a totally different vibe. People don't really, you know, if you're not from here, you don't really realize it. Yeah, you know, yeah. don't really care, and you shouldn't. But <laughs> that's what's going on. On that note, are you ready for predictions? Yeah. All right. Now, yeah, I was saying to Paul, we've, we've this is the uh, the sixth year we've done this, and in the past, uh, Dolan, Coleman, Offit, myself, and Kimball have won. The only people left not to win are you and Go Rightly. So it, it's the you know, either someone's going to double up, or you guys are going to break through. Yes. 
I said, I maybe better change some of these to, to to using my head instead of, well, I hope these people win because it seems like it would be nice. But anyway, <laughs> I, have, we'll, I have kind of a mix here. of that. I have to write it all down because, I, uh, you know, in the couple days beforehand, I have to go and start looking at a few other teams' sites and some predictions just to see, oh, yeah, they got those guys. Oh, yeah, their pitching's pretty good in, 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 uh, in uh, Toronto, and, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And, and I didn't really think about it, but the, the Yankees are just continuing to, like, fall apart because everybody's getting old and they're not really doing anything about it. It's just stuff like that. Yeah, they're they're in bad shape. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's pride or what. They just – and they want to, they don't want to spend as much. And, well, they're locked into these huge contracts. And there's some loophole in the in the new collective bargaining agreement where we get below the – if you're over the tax threshold, it's, like, huge. But if you get below it, then you, you're given, like, a five, three, five-year – Window where you can go back over it and not get the tax thing. So they're trying oh, right. to okay. get under it. It's very sinister. Because <laughs> I have a feeling once they get under it, then they're going to go balls out for like a couple of years and just be insanely over it without having to pay the tax or something. Yeah, I think it's it's some weak ass effort on Bud Selig's part to even things out. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really do any good whatsoever. It just keeps people out of contention for a couple of years. Well, I don't know. Maybe it does some good because you see people you don't normally see uh, stepping up and others that have been powerhouses for a long time is pulling back. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how it all shakes out. All right. Since you're National League, we'll start with the uh, the National League East. Who you got? Nationals, of course. All right. Yep. That's sure. Everybody else said the same thing, didn't they? It's, yeah. So far. You're only yeah. the second person, uh, but Paul, uh, Paul and I both have the Nationals, so. Yeah, well, how can you not? I mean, they just they just keep getting better. Then you get amazed in the last couple of years. How did they not make it to the playoffs? I mean, how did they not make it past the playoffs? They're the best record in baseball. So, yeah, Nationals. All right. Uh, the National League Central. Reds. That's another favorite, I think. Okay, yep. Uh, the National League West. What do you think? <laughs> Dodgers, of course. Okay. Uh, the National League wild card number one. Uh, Braves. Okay. Nice. All right. National League wild card two. Just to be nice, San Francisco. Nice. All right. So you're very sim- <laughs> you're very similar with Kimmel. I think you guys flip flopped on the uh, the West and the wild card. So okay. It's I feel like uh, Saint Paul. I feel like the the National League, I felt, was a little easier to call this year, and seems so far that seems to be the case. So, uh, we'll yeah, see. there's like definite direction and trends in it, and there's a lot less in the AL, which I don't pay that much attention to. But when I looked at, it, I was like, Jesus, what are all these people doing? I never thought of these people as, you know, these teams as anything like Toronto. It's like what Toronto? Yeah, actually, yeah. So it's anyway, very, very weird. Uh, well, I think with with Boston and New York sort of faltering, this is open window now for other teams to sort of yeah, move up. Yeah. So the uh, the American League East. AL East, uh, Toronto. Okay. Uh, the American League Central. Tigers, of course. The American League West. Angels still going. All right. Their pitching's still really good. They've got you know everybody you mentioned there. Yeah, they're they're yeah you know. I was saying to Paul, they're tremendously lucky because that that rookie of the year guy, that guy just came out of nowhere, and they didn't they spent a shitload of money on these on Hamilton and Pujols and that other guy, the pitcher there from Texas, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere Mike they Trout, you mean? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I forget the name of the pitcher guy, but uh, oh no, he's not a pitcher, he's a God, I can't remember. Yeah, I remember I'm so embarrassed, I don't know what he plays, but yeah, Mike yeah, Trout, they, yeah, I think he's a center fielder, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, American League wild card, first one. Uh, Oakland. 
All right. And the American League wild card two. Uh, Rays. All right. I think you and Kim will have a very similar. You're off by like one or two, so it's going to be it's going to come right down to the wire. So. Well, they might start changing here further down the list here with the AL. All right. So, all right. So who? So we have your your picks for both leagues. Now, who do you have to win the American League championship? Uh, ALCS. Um, I should have said Rays, but I or Angels, but I said Toronto just because it makes me feel good to say that. <laughs> to get some out of left field, it's, they're not even. It's like recent history; they're out of left field, but it makes perfect sense when you look at the, who they have on the team. So. Yeah, and their their pitching is like probably as good or better than the Dodgers. Their pitching is is deceptively good. I mean, it, it looks really good on paper, and I have a feeling there's probably like two dudes on their team that I haven't even heard of or thought of. Just somebody hiding back there. I mean, right. Are they using a rookie closer or are they not? I can't remember. I don't know anything about their closer. Okay. So I'm not sure about that, but I think they picked up at least two. Yeah, they got they got Dickey from the Mets. They got Burley from the Marlins, and mm-hmm. they had to have had two good starting pitchers last year, and they probably still do. So it's like, yeah, you know, and I bet you they got somebody else that we don't even know. So, so um, all right, so you have the, the, the Blue Jays for the American League Championship. Who do you have for the National League Championship? Uh, Nats, Dodgers, Dodgers um, in a squeaker. I mean, they'll, they'll just edge them out. What is it? Five, how many games is in LCS? Five or seven? Seven. Five? Seven. Seven. It'll it'll go down to the wire. Okay. So you have the the Dodgers over the Nationals to win the National League uh, yeah. championship. So so in the in the Dodgers versus Blue Jays uh, World Series, who do you have? Uh, Dodgers killing them in the shortest amount of games possible. There you go. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Which whatever that what is that four uh, five? That's a four four game sweep. Yeah, yeah, four. They'll, they'll do it in four. If it goes to Dodgers Nationals, I mean Dodgers to Toronto, it'll be Dodgers in four. There's no way around that, I don't think. Well, the weird even though I just said about the pitching, the the, the only the thing intangibles, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those expensive intangible. The only thing that drives me crazy, and it's just that there's nothing you could possibly do about it. But like with, we saw with the uh, with the World Series this year, it was like the Tigers were on fire. They crushed the Yankees in, like, four or five games. Um, And then the National League Championship went seven games, so they had to wait for a week. Yeah. By the time the World Series started, it was like the Giants had all the momentum and crushed the Tigers. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing you can do about it. So you just never know what – it's like you're almost better to be in a war in the playoffs than to than to, than exactly. to be on a tear. Sitting around twiddling your thumbs like, who are we going to play? Who are we going to play? Exactly. So, all right, so you've got the Dodgers winning it all. All right. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I, I think that's what I predicted last year just because I, I wanted to, even though I knew it in my heart it wasn't going to happen. Well, at least this time you're back. You're backed by more stars. So yeah, we'll see. They'll they'll get deep no matter what, and then there'll be some sort of horrible, crushing, you know, uh, uh, down to the wire defeat um, somewhere at the end there. Like, and the, they'll they'll go to the NLCS, and then you know, yeah. um, Nationals will kill them in in uh, in a heartbreaker in uh, in the last game. Exactly. <laughs> Just to, at least it'll be the Nationals and not the not the stupid Cardinals again, or the the, um, the Giants, or the Giants, or the uh, uh, well, they the Giants haven't gone down to the wire with them at any point and and kind of knocked them out of the playoffs at least directly, um, like the um, not the Pirates, the uh, uh, Phillies. 
Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't want to see any more Phillies and 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 Cardinals around here doing anything in the in the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely and they won't because I don't think they're going to make over. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, it's uh, I'm impressed with the the turnover in the uh, in baseball for the most part. So it'll be yeah, interesting to see how it goes. Coming interesting again. We'll see what half shakes out in the next few years and. I'll probably, you know, if they do well this year, I'll probably try and get some season tickets and split them with somebody. There you somebody go. next year, because that's the only real way to do it. How the hell are you going to get rid of 81 games? I mean, it's ridiculous. You can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't go to nearly all of those. Yeah, exactly. So I just, you know, I'll just share them with one or two other people, and you know, we'll have a little pool and see who gets what games and all that. There you go. All right, now before I let you go, uh, you throw us some plugs. What do you got working on that people should be checking out? Uh, you know, what what uh, what do you have cooking over there? Uh, obviously, Radio Mysterioso, outstanding podcast. I recommend all the All of America audio listeners check it out. So. Yeah, as soon as I get the site back up, because I got too many people coming to the site apparently, so they suspended the site, and I've got to change the software around. But yeah, that's one. Um, I want to try and get some big name UFO people on here for once before, you know, before either they're not around or I'm not with the show, you know. Yeah. I've got to get those, all every, the people that everybody else has talked to that I didn't think I'd ever have the balls to interview, like a Jacques Vallée. Go for it, man. Yeah. I would love to hear those interviews, so. Yeah, so would I. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, recently I went to this um, thing, what was it? It was a uh, paranormal conference and there's like a lot of people we got there and my wife said does anybody here dress in anything but black (laughs) (laughs) it was it was like a goth conference but um i talked to the organizer this girl dawn gomez and i said uh you know uh, a friend of mine was going to speak there didn't show up and i said well i'll speak if you are short stuck for somebody but i don't want to step on anybody's toes i don't want to get in the way right only if it's an emergency, and, and of course she said, no, we're covering it. Because she didn't know who the hell I was. Right. But we sat down and talked for like half an hour longer, and we were talking about all the similarities between the paranormal stuff that they do and the and the cryptozoology and the ufology stuff, and maybe even a little bit of conspiracy-type stuff, psychedelics, all the stuff that I and you and everybody we know are into. Yeah. They, most people are just kind of like, you know, we're not mixing with that crowd because they're nuts. It's like, well, anybody outside your crowd thinks that we're all nuts. So, <laughs> And the thing was, I said that to her, and she goes, you're absolutely right. I want to get a conference where all kinds of different people come and do a presentation on the, the similarities. And I said, well, f- I think you should do it. And she said, would you help me? And I said, yep, as long as I don't have to put any money up for it. Nice. <laughs> so... And that'll probably be out in California here somewhere, but we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, stay tuned, I guess is how they yeah, say it, right? Yeah, so that, that's, those are really the only things on the boilerplate now. Ken Thomas came out here in the last couple of weeks, and we talked about, you know, projects we might do. And um, we, neither of us had any that we really wanted to do or were really, like, itching us. Yeah. Um, apparently, Chris O'Brien is going to do a book I wanted to do, which was uh, cattle mutilation stuff. Oh, nice. So, and I was thinking, it's like, shit, I wanted to write that. And then I was thinking, Chris O'Brien is the person that should write it. Yeah, it's a good author. Directly so, yeah. involved with it for, like, a good portion of his life. And he has he has some different ideas on it that aren't the standard ones, and he doesn't he's not dogmatic about it. So I, I can't wait to see that. And then I, I begged him to let me write the foreword or something to the book, and he said, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's all I 
do anymore is write forwards to books. You got to stop underestimating yourself. You're, uh, you know, you're playing. Well, I, you know, I know I could have written a decent book on it, but the thing is that Chris has the he he really has the chops. Being the person that was in the trenches for the longest time, I mean, I, I didn't. Apart from Linda Howe, maybe I can't think of anybody else, or or David Perkins, who he's working with on the book. Or um, that guy Tom Adams, some of those people that have been at it for years. Gabe Valdez, for for one, I guess, but he he's uh, he passed away last year. So yeah. anyway, um, I think that'll be a great book, and uh, I'll plug him a little bit too because that, that excited me to hear that from him. Nice. All right, sounds good. Well, as always, I can't thank you enough for coming back here for the baseball special. Uh, it's amazing. This is our sixth year doing this, so it's pretty stunning that love doing it. I'm plugging away. People don't. If people don't want to hear paranormal people talking about about the baseball, then that's too bad because it's fun. Yeah, wait till next week. That's that. That's the policy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe people do enjoy it. I have no idea. It's a, it's a fair audience, but more often than not, I hear from people. It, it seems like the weird caveat that they include in the email, where it's like, "I love your show." Then, like, but, except for the baseball ones. <laughs> Like no well, shit. You don't that. have to listen. I'm not doing this show for you people. <laughs> I'm doing it for me. And if if you people like it, that's wonderful. That, that's how I feel about my show. Exactly. Exactly. If people like it, then that's great. I, I think I, you know, it makes me happy. But if they don't, or people don't want to listen, I'm still going to do this. I got three listeners. I'll still do the show. I got three listeners or a thousand. I don't care. I'm exactly. going to do the same show because I, I, neither of us are being paid for this. We're just doing it because we like it. I think that's what helps the quality of the program, honestly. Yeah, it does. It, it, it very definitely does. If you were answerable to anybody or any group or any money or anything like that, it would it would not be the same show. And that that's how all these podcasts are. A lot of them, um, and, and a lot of them are way better than anything you get on commercial radio. Absolutely. Well, on that note, as I said, folks, check out RadioMysterioso.com. I'm sure it'll be up by the time uh, they're hearing this. And you know. We'll be talking again on the air and off the air, so it's been uh, great once again, Greg. All right. Thanks so much, Tim. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special. And we are welcoming back once again our good friend, the Reverend Houdini Kundalini of the Church of Unwavering Indifference, also known as El Gogo, the crockpot historian and the supermarket psychic himself, the illustrious Adam Go Rightly. And he uh, was faced with a Sophie's Choice last year. He was on the cusp, on the cusp of winning his first ever BOA Audio Baseball Special Predictions Championship. But in order to win the championship, his beloved San Francisco Giants had to lose the World Series, which, as we know, they did not. So he, it was almost a win-win in a way, or a lose-lose. I'm not sure. We'll get his thoughts on it. Welcome back to the program, Adam. Hey, thanks, Tim. Yes, I had to take one for the team, but I was glad to. Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's like, do you want your team to win the World Series, or do you want to win some rinky-dink prediction contest? It's probably... <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly my thought. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably really not as big of a, of a of a choice as I've made it out to be, but it was. I was stunned. I was actually, as much as I wanted you to be happy that the Giants won the World Series, I I really wanted, I really kind of wanted you to win the prediction contest because of your unique style of predictions. I thought this is it. Go right, at least finally tapped yeah. into something here. 
So, and then the worst part of it all is that uh, Kimball won, right? It's yes, we have our first Canadian winner. So, and he's probably insufferable about it, I'd imagine. Now, you'll hear it on the special, but I, I won't go so far as to say yes, but pretty much. <laughs> well, he's already gone out on a limb and predicted he's going to double up. He's going to win the championship again. So, well, we'll we'll see what we can do about that. Yeah, there's a lot of trash talking on his part. Now, you your your team here is. You know, they're on the cusp of a dynasty here. They they really got it together. I, I was stunned because I did not see the Giants uh, winning at all last year. I guess they have this sort of workmanlikeness. I know. I know. I just didn't really see it happening. Yeah, they were down so many times and uh, kept, you know, <laughs> it was amazing. Even the games you thought, God, there's no way they can win this. Uh, Barry Zito going against Verlander. <laughs> Yeah. Thought, okay, that's one we can just put in the lose column right there. But yeah, they came up uh, big. It was pretty Everybody. amazing. It was pretty yeah. amazing. I I enjoyed it more than uh, 2010. Yeah, it was a little bit more of a roller coaster uh, this time around. I'm trying to because they took it all the way to Game Seven of the uh, NLCS. That like never happens. Yeah, yeah. So what? And we, uh, go ahead. Thought you talk about a dynasty too. I was just going to mention. For those who don't really follow what they did on the off season, they basically have the same team coming back. <laughs> you don't see that too often. The same uh, starting pitching rotation. All the position players are the same, minus Milky, but he he left. You know, before they even got into the playoffs. So, you know, basically just uh, thinking here. You know, they're going to bring in a couple of. Uh, platoon uh, position players, but it's basically the same dang team. Yeah, they're very workmanlike. They don't go out and, uh, I think the last guy they went out and, I think, they, well, they re-signed that guy, the pitcher there, that pitched the perfect game. They re-signed him for a lot of money, but they don't go out and make, mm -hmm. make these big splash free agent signings, so. Well, uh. Since the Zito thing. It's going right? to take, take some money to re-sign uh, they're big players, and they have the money to do it now from the, you know, winning the uh, two World Series in three years, then the success they've had at their ballpark there. They're rolling now, and they got the, uh, last I heard, the fifth highest payroll in baseball, which is wow. quite a departure from where they were at ten years ago. So they got, you know, money to sign people now, but it's re-signing uh, Buster Posey, when he comes oh, up, yeah. and yeah. you know some of their pitchers, and you know like Hunter Pence, he's uh, signed up. You know they have him through this year. Then the big one is Lincecum. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. What's going on with this guy? You know, is he is he worth re-signing for a lot of money? Is he on the downswing already, or is he going to reinvent himself? I hope he reinvents himself, but I, it looks like he's on the downswing, and the uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Giants are in the position where I don't see uh, how they can re-sign him because if he goes out and has a great season, he's going to want, you know, if he has like a Cy Young season like he's had in the past, one of those seasons, he's going to want so much money in a long-term contract. I don't think they'd want to do it because they have all these other people, including, uh, I don't know if you're that familiar with their pitchers, but the, like the young guy, uh, Bumgardner. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's somebody they want to keep long term, and uh, once again Posey and Sandoval and all these guys, you know. Then if uh, Winsor come, comes back and stinks next year, then they definitely don't want to resign him. So I think they're in a position where I wouldn't. I've heard other uh, 
pundits uh, echo these same remarks that he, he'll probably be gone after uh, next year unless he wants to give him a hometown deal. But, you know, hey, this is his time to <laughs> sign the big contract, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back with them. Yeah, yeah. That seems to be the case. These guys wind up somewhere else, uh, you know, when they get the chance because they look kind of like with, with Josh Hamilton, you know. I, never, I didn't think the Angels were going to scoop mm-hmm. him up. So And Pujols, too. It's like, what? Where the hell did that come from? And, you know. Yeah, with uh, Lincecum though, in the uh, you know he had the uh, bad year last year until they got into the uh, postseason. Then he he transformed into a middle relief guy and just lit it up, you know, which was a lot of fun. But uh, his whole thing was uh, his conditioning. He was a uh, known to uh, smoke the chronic and. Oh yeah, I've heard about <laughs> Go this. Go to in in and out burgers and all that, and so in the off season he just tried to uh, reimage himself. Got a haircut and has, uh, supposedly had a you know workout routine going. So he's stronger now that he can maintain his mechanics because that's why they call him the freak. He has those freaky mechanics that uh, you know if they're just off. Uh, smidgen and he's totally screwed up so he's thinking that uh what he's done in the off season is going to get him back to the uh timmy of old we'll see there you go all right sounds good now what do you think about the uh we all know about the uh the fierce dodgers giants rivalry and clearly the giants are, mm-hmm. are two up now at this point uh in recent history but what do you think of them what do you think of the Dodgers going out and spending all this money and taking all the crappy players from Boston that we wanted to get rid of anyway? We tricked them. <laughs> it's well, it's nuts, man. Uh, I wish them nothing but uh, failure. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I've been giving some friends a hard time. Uh, I guess Zach Grinky had some injury going into the season. Yeah, he's kind of bagged up. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. And then uh, I heard Hanley Ramirez got just got a little bit of a uh, some type of injury going on. So yeah, I wish them nothing but ill fate. No, it'd be good to see that rivalry uh, going again. You know, just it's a, it was a good thing back uh, 20 years ago or so to get so to get that ratchet up again would be a uh, good thing. Actually, I'm going to uh, down to L.A. here in a couple of weeks to watch a, a ball game with Mr. Bishop. I heard. Just don't taunt a whole bunch of people. Oh, hell no. No, I don't. I don't wear the gear, and I don't talk a bunch of uh, <laughs> trash, you know? No, no. People would think that, but Adam's actually a very, uh, he's a very laid-back person. Yeah. How, right. I know it's hard, hard to believe that might be. <laughs> did you do anything special for them winning the uh, the championship? You know, did you go to the parade or anything? <laughs> he fucking serious. <laughs> going, going to uh, that uh, Salem. Thing in, uh, Salem. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. No, gotta I'm not that, that close to San Fran. I should, if I'm going to San Francisco, I'm not going to <laughs> get caught up in some crazy parade. <laughs> no, I didn't. Didn't do anything uh, special. Just uh, you know, savored the moment, enjoyed it. There you go. Yeah. Well. It's pretty amazing. I'm envious. Had a few, few brewskis and uh, dressed our cats up in this little uh, San Francisco uh, giant rally skirt we have. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs>
On this day six years ago, some guy in Houston ran over an elderly man while going after a home run ball. And this woman took the law into her own hands and started whacking the guy with her cane. Bravo, honey. Bravo. Seriously, she should have just gotten up and just whacked him across the face one. And why is this guy sitting there letting her take the heat? You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Dan will tell us stories he's heard about hauntings at Tiger Stadium and the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. I don't think that's the name of the fucking stadium. Arrowhead Pond's not where they play. Angel fucking shit. Now, uh, in the past, of course, we've had these different strategies for the predictions. Yeah. Last year was the closest you've ever come. Very close. Very close. The Tebow method. So, uh, you know. I'm about ready to, ready to uh, dump these gimmicks unless uh, it works out this year. I'll, I'll, get, I'll give it one more chance. You said that last year, and I have a feeling you'll say that next year. Did I? But yes. <laughs> well, I got so damn close. I know. I mean, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think you're onto something. What? I have no idea, but yeah, I have a feeling you're onto something. So now you, let's, let's, you know, the, the, yeah, I'm tired, Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> the, uh, the big unveiling, of course, is, is what is the method? Because it's been all these different, uh, things in the past. Who you hate the most, uh, who has the most money, uh, who would Jesus pick? So what, what is the method mm-hmm. this year? Well, last year it was Jesus, which got me pretty uh, close, you know, but uh, ultimately uh, Jesus forsaked me, or forsook, forsook me, forsaken me, however you say it. He let me down. Yeah. And then because of that, uh, I think I'll go over to the dark side. You're going to make a deal with the devil to get the championship. Yes, Who would, and we'll let Satan choose. Interesting. Who would Satan choose? All just, right. Just to give equal time to the powers of darkness. <laughs> there you go. Okay. But, What's that? But but this is going to be a hybrid this year. Interesting. Remember I did a hybrid in the past? I, I recall the hybrid year, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really – I think it was a Costanza hybrid. I forgot about the Costanza method. This is – you know, saying to Kimmel, this is, the, this is the sixth year we've done this. So, I was going to ask you how many. This is None this, of these yeah. hair-brained systems have worked for me before. But, uh. <laughs> the fact that we keep doing this is madness for all of us. <laughs> but, okay, so, so it's a hybrid system. How? How so? If I don't like any of Satan's choices along the way, then I can overrule them, pick somebody else. Fair enough. That sounds reasonable, right? Yeah. Do we, yeah. Need, a rule, do we, we need a ruling on that from anybody? Uh, I'll allow it. Is that cool? That works for me, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we'll start with the American League. We'll go down the list here on the ESPN page, because that's, that's where you're looking. So uh, who do you have taking the American League East? Well, it's not who I would have. I'm sorry, yes. Who, who do you foresee Satan favoring in the upcoming the Prince season? Prince of Darkness obviously would choose the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, even though they don't go by the Devil Ray anymore. They have that legacy. Okay. So yeah, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Okay, that's almost that's like, that's like the easiest one, pops possibly. Mm-hmm. Okay, possibly. so then, so then, all right, so the American League Central, which now includes the uh, who the hell are they now? The Houston, what are they? The Texans, the Houston Texans. Did they change their name? What, what, no, that's the football team. What's the fucking Houston team then? The Astros. Astros I'm sorry, that's how irrelevant they are. <laughs> and you know why they called themselves the Astros, right? Because they got a deal for the Astro Dome and the Astro Turf and all that. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh the Space Center, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like the seventh wonder of the world, the Houston Astrodome with, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Turf and, uh, yeah, it was the seventh wonder of the world, but, uh, no more. Now it's an old junk heap that they, uh, no, I'm sorry. Houston's not oh. in the central. They're in the west. So you've got possibly the Tigers, the White Sox. It the, doesn't. What's that? Okay. The Royals, I, the Indians, or the Twins. So what? What, what do you okay. think State would be behind? Uh, let's see. Royals, Indians, Twins. I'm thinking Evil Twins, maybe. Uh, or Detroit Lions. Now they used Lions when they threw like the Romans threw the Christians at the Lions. Most the Detroit Tigers, though. Oh, they're the Tigers. Why yeah. I think it's football, Detroit Lions. Damn. I threw you off with the Houston Texans thing. Yeah. I sure as hell don't want to go with the Minnesota Evil Twins, though. I might have to overrule or not even let Satan make a choice on this one. Okay. Um, let's go with the uh, Detroit Tigers. All right. So next we have the Oakland Athletics, the Texas Rangers, the L.A. Angels, the Seattle Mariners, or the uh, Houston Astros in the West. I think, I, I think Satan might blow your mind here with this one. There's a huge crash here. Hold, hold on. Let me make sure everything's okay. What the <laughs> fuck was that? Did you hear it in the background? Spill a beer? No, a lady in the apartment. Her her bottle collection must have tipped over. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. That was scary. <laughs> All right, Satan. Are you saying Satan may blow my mind on this one? Yeah, because he's going to choose the L.A. Angels, Los Angeles Angels. Well, they could be fallen angels. Well, exactly. That's where I was going with this. And they, they're the new, you know, uh, evil empire along with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm. So we'll put we'll put the uh, Angels winning the West. And so, yeah, Satan's made two of the three choices so far, so we need the uh, wild cards now, right? Yeah, there's two wild cards. So who, who do you think in the wild cards? <clears throat> Satan, knowing him, he'd want to go with another evil empire, the New York uh, Yankees, but I think they're going to totally suck. They're a bunch of old, broken-down has-beens. Mm -hmm. So we employ the hybrid method. And uh, I'm going to choose the uh, Baltimore Orioles in one of the uh, wild card spots. Okay. And uh, and it, uh, how about the uh, Texas Rangers? I think they're kind of evil mainly because of the role Nolan uh, Ryan plays. He is very evil. He's an evil bastard. Yeah, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd, you know, I, I could see if... if Somebody, uh, the devil handed him a baseball and said, beam that guy in the head and your team can win the World Series, he'd do it. I agree with that. This, what is, so there you have it. All right, that's the American League. So now the National League. Who do you have uh, in the National League East? All of the, uh, much of the evil coming out of our country comes from Washington, D.C., correct? Absolutely. So there you go, the Washington... Uh, Nationals. It is a bit the of a... Nats, as they are called. Yeah. It's an epicenter of evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now in the uh, in the Central, you've got the Cincinnati Reds, the Cardinals from St. Louis, the Brewers in Milwaukee, the Pirates in Pittsburgh, and the uh, Cubs in Chicago. Oh, my. The Pirates seem the most evil, so... 
not going to overrule the uh, big guy here. We'll go with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Nice. There you go. Central could go at anyway. I mean, you might. It, I Kimball and I had this uh, discussion earlier. Uh, I, I'm, I, I've taken the Kansas City Royals for my second wild card pick because I feel like there's always one bubble up team. So it could be the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. That's why I, some of my strategies in the past is pick anybody. <laughs> but then it, uh, after a while, it dawned on me, no, you know, the uh, it usually goes to the teams that spend the most money. Occasionally, every year you'll have one team come out of the uh, out of nowhere, but usually the teams at the top of the heap are the uh, ones with the uh, bigger payrolls. Anyway. Anyway, so the all right. So now we have the uh, the highly contentious National League West, which has, of course, your San Francisco Giants, the L.A. Dodgers, the uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, the San Diego Padres, who I assume are not even in contention here in your mind, and the uh, and the Colorado Rockies. But Satan wouldn't pick the uh, Padres. That's what I mean. They're out of contention. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Actually, Jesus, he picked, uh, I think he picked San Francisco Giants as a wild card team last year, basically because Giants were in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling my wife about my uh, methodology, methodology, and she was going, uh, weren't the Giants kind of bad in the Bible? And I go, oh, okay, well. They were. So I think. Uh, that, that might have been what cost you the whole thing, you know, maybe you smoted it uh, the Jesus. Yeah. Huh, I hadn't thought of that. Now it all works out anyway. Yes. Okay, so who do you who do you have taking the well, uh the West then? There's also the Dodgers and they're the evil empire, so let's go with the new evil empire west, the Los Angeles Dodgers and their angels, albeit fallen angels. Indeed, yes. And so in the wild card then I'll plug in the Gigantes. There you go. Okay. And then uh, the proverbial Nephilim, if you will. Exactly. And then looking on this the pure evil skill once again, I think uh, Satan would go with the Diamondbacks. Okay. So you've got the Dodger, the uh, the Giants, and the Diamondbacks as your wild card choices. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Oh. I have. I picked the evil empire to win the uh, oh, West. The West. It's Dodgers. And the yeah. so you have the Giants and the Diamondbacks to take the wild cards. You are correct, sir. Okay. Then who do you have to win the American League championship? Let's go with, what the hell, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. There you go. Okay, so they're the American League uh, representative. How about the uh, National League representative? I'll be damned if I'm not going to pick the Giants this year. (laughs) There you go. All right. So we've got the Devil Rays versus the Nephilim of San Francisco. And then who do you have to win the whole thing? Nephilim. <laughs> there you go. You need a petition to get that changed to the Nephilim. <laughs> Nephilim in six games. All right. So there you go. I feel good about your choices this year. I don't know if that damns me to, to hell or not, but I'm, I'm a fan. So They're all strong teams, or potentially, you know, the uh, Pirates, they're weird, they, you know. Who knows, yeah. That got off to a good start last year, then, uh hit the wall, but uh, we'll see. They keep getting off to good starts that don't... They get The, the good start lasts a little bit longer and a little bit longer, and one year it's yeah. going to last all the way to the end. So, they'll make it. 
to the playoffs at least. All right, so those are your picks. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, someone has to unseat Kimball, so. Oh, God, yes. You know, we've got to get this championship back to America where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now while we're talking about pure evil, uh, as is custom here on the, on the baseball special when we talk to you, it's time to talk a little bit about, uh, basketball and the NBA. And as ah. I said, pure evil, which is of course the Lake Show, the, uh, LA Lakers. Mm-hmm. What's going on with your beloved Lakers? You know I hate uh, Dwight Howard, so. Do you want him to stay at the end of the season, or do you want them to get rid of him? Yeah, I think uh, he needs to stay. He's the, you know, he's a total flake, and he needs to keep his mouth shut, but he's still the best center in basketball, so. Why not? Maybe once he settles into a place and he gets through all this two-year-long fiasco of... Uh, you know, he's try he tried to like pull his own LeBron thing and it just didn't work. Yeah. You know. It was embarrassing. It was very embarrassing. The, the, the deal about him, yeah, all the uh shooting out off his mouth, you know. He just <laughs> needs to shut up. But even the, all the years with uh the magic it, when I saw him he always came to play and he brought a lot of energy. This year he got off to a rough start but he was injured, you know, so it looked 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 very bad. Yeah. Now after the all star break he's starting to looks like he's rounded into form and he's playing real well, so winning uh takes care of all problems, you know. That's and true. They're starting to pull it together. I don't know if, you know, they can really I think, you know, right now they finally, they, they're in a playoff spot. They were battling all season. Now they're in that eighth position. Once the uh, playoff starts, it's a new season. So if they can stay healthy, which is a big if, because they got all these old guys, even though, you know, a bunch of Hall of Famers, if they can stay healthy, then I think they can make a run. You never know what happens with other teams. All it takes is one little injury here and there or whatever, and, who knows? Stranger things have happened. I think they got a shot. Obviously, the favorites are the uh, Heat, and they're just rolling now. And I just think it's yeah. From, uh, young guns from uh, what, the uh, Thunder. Thunder, yeah. Excuse me, a little brain fade there. And you know the Spurs are always good, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. It, I mean, they look like total dog food for <laughs> stretches of the season, and. There's been a few games here recently. It's like, okay, this is kind of what they envisioned with uh, Nash and Kobe and uh, Dwight. So we'll see. Well, we will see, but how, how much longer do you think Kobe's got left in him? Three more years? He said uh, at the end of last year, two more years, but I... You know, I think he'll keep playing as long as he can play at a high level, and right now he's playing at a pretty damn high level he's 34 so yeah that sounds reasonable three or four years yeah that seems about right well the scary part is is like the heat just seem unstoppable this is what everyone was concerned about when they all got together and you know everyone was kind of waiting for lebron to finally get his shit together and you know Unless the rumors of him like leaving next after next year to go back to Cleveland, or so, he's going to be a free agent again after, or he can opt out. So yeah, there's, yeah. There's there's talk of the Lakers worry. trying to get him. Yeah, there you go. So if they, you know, if they break up the Heat, then things might be different. But 
if he st- if this if they stick around if that nucleus of so those three dudes, I mean, we might be seeing like a serious five year dynasty where, you know. Well, now if you look at, uh, I don't agree with that because it depends on who else they bring in there. Because Dwayne Wade recently, he's been playing like the Dwayne Wade of old. That guy's got some hard miles on him, even I think more so than uh, Kobe. Yeah. I don't think he has as much tread on his tires as Kobe. I I watched uh, Dwayne Wade early in his career. I don't know if you remember when they won the championship. He that guy was fearless. He was oh, yeah. going in there and getting knocked down. He'd just get back up, and he did that for years and years. And now, now you can see it with him. Sometimes he just doesn't quite. Uh, obviously, he was ten years younger, but uh, I don't see him being. Uh, you know, being there for a five-year run for those guys. I don't see, uh, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I don't necessarily see LeBron being there. I think they're going to break, that'll get all broken up. You can uh, mark my words. I hope so, because they need a little more, you know, they'd like to see more, I wouldn't say uh, uh, parody, but, you know, I think, well, you know, the guy from the, the Bulls there, the Bulls could come back and, but being a, being I thought, I thought, a denizen of the East, yeah. it's very frustrating because there's really uh, nobody in the East can really touch the Heat right now. At least in a, well, in, another know, one, a playoff uh, series. The guy in the Bulls is uh, Derrick Rose. Yeah, Derrick Rose. I had the uh, feeling when he got injured that uh, first time, it was like <laughs> he came back too early than he was getting. Forget, I think he had uh, some foot, knee injury, then all of a sudden he had a back injury, and it was like the writing was on the wall with that guy that doesn't seem like he's ever going to be right, but we'll see. We'll see. You know how you have a gut feeling about players sometimes? Yeah, yeah. He's another one of those guys who plays so hard. We'll see what happens. Uh, we're on the cusp of a rebuilding phase here in Boston, so I don't think we're, unless they can get a big free agent to sort of bridge the uh, post-Garnett years. It's going to oh, yeah, be ugly. Totally. They've been talking about uh, trading Rondo. I know. I'm in favor of trading Rondo. I'm not a Rondo fan. So, get him out okay, of here. He's bad. He's bad for morale. People don't Do seem to like personally? him. Personally? No, I don't know him personally, no. <laughs> <laughs> he looks tiny, but I bet if I met him, he'd tower over me. And you. And you. He's probably a giant, but he looks like a tiny little man. I don't know. What he's just—he's got a—he's too much of a ball hog. He's got a—you know—I guess that's the job of the point guard. But you know, that just—it's something about yeah. him I don't like. But I said that about Paul Pierce for years. So, oh, Paul Pierce is great. But yeah, it's funny. After Ronda got injured, they went on that whatever it was, ten-game winning streak. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Now what uh this it's time for plugs. So what do you what do you have going on in the uh in, in the world of Go Rightly? Absolutely nothing. Oh no. That's not as exciting as I hoped it would be. No, no, no. I got a bunch of stuff, but it's probably the same stuff when you asked me this question uh, last year. I told <laughs> different book projects I'm working on, but they're they're getting closer. Nice, nice. Uh I'll, I'll, uh, not really uh, plugging them, but uh, there's a book I'm working on. This has to do, and I'm sure this I, <laughs> was 
the same answer I gave you last year. I had a bunch of materials that were passed on to me related to Carrie Thornley and Discordianism, so they're resulting in a bunch of book projects. And one of them, you know, you remember my book, The Prankster and the Conspiracy? And it Absolutely, got into, it's a classic. Yeah, uh, I got into Thornley's connections with the uh, JFK assassination, Jim Garrison investigation. Well, I'm, that was part of that book, but I uh, got a hold of a bunch more materials related to that time period and the Garrison investigation, so it's developing into a whole new book exclusively about uh, Thornley and the Garrison investigation. So that, I'm real close to finishing. This is something I wanted to have done and uh, potentially published this year because we're coming up on the 50th anniversary uh-huh. of the JFK assassination. So I am like days from finishing this. Just a few nice. more days I'm going to pull it all together. And I haven't really shown it to any publishers yet. I have a couple potential publishers. So hopefully by uh, definitely before the end of the month this will be finished and I'll be sending it off to people to try to get it published somewhere, then I've uh, finished a book on the history of Discordianism, and the contract is signed for that, and it's slated to be published uh, mid-year. Awesome. And then there's other other related projects, so. So we got a slew of Go Riley in the works. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't I, wait. I think I've probably, probably been telling you about these for a couple of years, but, you know, it takes, takes time, the, just the... Uh, process and when you're working with different publishers you're working on their timelines exactly it's just a matter of being patient and patient and uh seeing these things through all right well i look forward to it and of course when these things do come through you'll be back on the program for a lengthy discussion on uh your latest works of course well yeah i appreciate all your support over these long years we date back to the uh Late 1950s. <laughs> I think I'm not sure if you were season one or season two, but you were definitely one of the earliest seasons, and and have become a good friend of not just the program I, I, but me personally. So, yeah, oh, likewise. Yeah, it was season one. Nice. See, you're one of the originals. You're part of the. Mm-hmm. You're a franchise player at this point. So, <laughs> and uh, that came about because uh, I think it was when the uh, what year did you have your when did you start uh, doing the podcasts? Oh, like 2005-ish? Yeah, so one of those books, maybe The Beast or The Thornley. It was uh, The Beast book, because book, and you had already written have. Thornley, and you sent me both, and uh, we did like a long interview about both of them. And it was through Greg, I think, I think, because I, I or, uh, or, or Jerry E. Smith, one or the other, I remember. I think I saw somewhere you had interviewed Greg, and I thought, okay, well, that, there's another place I can pimp my work, so... Exactly. It was back before you could just, you know, walk down the street with a stick and hit a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're lousy with them now. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, those are the perfect words for it. But are you now, on that note, are you still podcasting at all? Or I thought I saw you post something recently that you were doing a show, but or, or like a, a one-off episode of a show or something. Well, I am kind of doing a thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, man, I'm a professional. Uh, I've, I've improved a lot since yeah. season one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... Uh, I was interviewed by this guy, Greg Carlwood, who has a uh, podcast called The Higher Side Chats. 
And the acronym for that is THC, as in you know what. Oh, yeah. And so I did a podcast with the kid, and he's a young guy, uh, late 20s, and enjoyed doing the uh, show with him. You know, we had a little rapport. And then, you know, how you talk with uh, people afterwards. We were talking about, uh, he asked me about different guests, so I gave him a bunch of guest suggestions, and you know, like... Uh, Oh, uh, Ken Thomas and Andy Colvin and a, different people, you know, probably a dozen or so friends, fellow researchers. And so he took that and interviewed a lot of those folks, appreciated it, and he started talking. He wanted to build his audience, so asked if I could uh, help him out by blogging on his uh, page and also being a occasional co-host. So I've agreed to do that, and I blog there once a week at the higher side chats and uh at least maybe once a month i'll be uh co-host with them on the show nice nice is there a website for that the uh, higher side chats.com pretty simple uh, obviously obviously i'm a ludite so i didn't know if you had to, <laughs> you had to put the http in or is that coming on its own no <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, y'all come on now. I just type shit into Google and see where it takes you. Exactly. That's the story of my life, brother. On, <laughs> on that note, uh, it's been a long night and I think we're both ready for a few beers. So, uh, we'll, we'll call it a night here and we'll call it a year uh, as far as the baseball show goes. And I wish you the best of luck. And, uh, you know, I'd extend the same to the Lakers, but you know how I feel. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll look Thanks forward again, to you. Tim. Yes, yes. Thank you, my friend. It's been it's been great, and uh, I look forward to talking to you on and off the air in the future. Likewise. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special, and we welcome back to the program the 2011 champion of the Baseball Special Prediction Contest, talking about our good friend Jason Offit. He was the star of a critically acclaimed and raved about edition of the program last spring, and uh, he's, a, he's a frequent contributor to the program and a good friend of the show, so it's always a thrill to have him back. And He's doing well, and he's back here to talk about baseball, and his Kansas City Royals are uh, on the cusp of potentially something good, so I'm excited to talk to him about that because it seems like we've been lamenting them uh, year after year on the show and kind of watching their incremental rise back to uh, prominence. So welcome back to the show, Jason. It's always great to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, Tim, same. Glad. Uh, thanks for having me back on, even though I totally blew it last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the uh, rankings here in front of me, but uh, as we all know, from his crowing, Paul Kimball has has uh, wrested control of the baseball special prediction title and taken it north of the border. So, very uh, very controversial and disconcerting results that we all should be concerned about. <laughs> but yes, I see here you ranked uh, one, two, three, four. You were fifth out of seven. So that we tied. So I can't really I can't besmirch your your showing. So we we both got three out of ten. So we're hanging in there. Now, what's going on, as I said, uh, leading into this interview and uh, just now when we started? What's going on here with the Kansas City Royals? I'm really bullish on them. I'll tell you right off the start. I'm, I'm picking them to take one of the American League wild card spots. So uh, I think I'm the first ever on the baseball special to uh, to peg the Royals for something beyond uh, futility. 
but you're right in the heart of uh, of Royals country. So what's going on there? What's the what's the zeitgeist feeling for uh, KC this year? Uh, well, there's the, the frustrating part is there's always optimism. <laughs> in, in March, <laughs> there's always optimism about the Royal season, and and then they go out and lose the first uh, first twelve games. Um, but uh, this year's uh, a, a little bit different because we. Um, the biggest the biggest glaring problem with the Royals uh for years has been pitching and uh you know we our, our owner has the Walmart mentality and uh we haven't spent money on on pitching well we went out and spent money on pitching this year because uh you know you got to get butts in the seats to make any money um and that's that's what happened uh, we opened up the wallet and, and brought some pitching in so uh hopefully that can uh, with uh, with the uh, a good core of young young hitters. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll hit get hit the get that wild wild card spot. I'm hopeful for them. I uh, I, I always uh, feel good about them. They're they're tearing it up right now. I know it's spring training, but they're really tearing it up in spring training. They're they always do well in spring training. Okay. But, uh, I mean, they're 21 and six uh, when they're leading the Cactus League. Yeah. 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 That's still pretty impressive. And they've and they've got as you said, they've got James Shields and I think another. Uh, Another pitcher from uh, Tampa Bay in a, in a pretty big trade. Right, we uh, we got uh, Jeremy Guthrie. Uh, oh, Santana! What Santana did we get? Urban Santana, Urban, yeah, yeah, from the Angels. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we yeah we we've uh, we've snagged some pitchers. We had uh, we let go of uh, or in in the trade we got rid of uh, um, Will Myers, who was a uh, who was a up and coming uh, up and coming uh, prospect and. Um, yeah, a lot of people were upset with that, but we'll just you know have to see how the how the, uh, how the season goes. The best thing in a, for our pitching rotation is Luke Hochaver, who nobody wanted drafted to begin with, uh, got uh, kicked to the bullpen. So uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Okay, so what had to be in a oh yeah, it says here more than five seasons of shaky results in the starting rotation. Yikes! For, yeah, he uh, he could pitch brilliantly for four innings and then uh, the fifth inning give up nine runs. Oh, that's maddening. That's like uh, Dice K here in Boston. So you say people were upset about the Will Myers trade. Uh, how do you feel? You kind of, I guess, you know, a long time ago, my dad said, you know, it's all right to trade prospects for established pitching. And James Shields is pretty established. He's pretty good. Right. No, I I don't have a problem with it. Uh, people, uh, Royal fans, look at the look at the farm system, which uh, is how our teams, uh, the good teams of the '70s and the early '80s, were were built was through the farm system and 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 it it went downhill and it's been built up um in the last uh you know last five ten years and and people keep hearing the next you know next couple of years we get all these minor leaguers up in the big leagues and the royals will be contenders and then we keep trading off the people who are supposed to come up and play personally i don't have a problem with the will myers trade um even if he turns out to be a decent player because you know we need we, we got some young players right now and and we need some decent pitching so i was uh i was i was really happy with that yeah and the the american league central is a pretty interesting sort of uh division anyway because it's it's pretty topsy turvy you never know you know some teams rise up that you wouldn't expect it's not like you know it's 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 not like one of those cut and well i guess that happens in a lot of these uh divisions nowadays but it seems like everybody has a pretty good shot in the american league central for the most part, Detroit's going to be tough to beat. But beyond that, well, and Detroit was supposed to be tough to beat last year, and uh, the White Sox were—you know—they had control of the division until near the end of the. End yeah, of the that's season. right. Yeah, 
And the White Sox aren't even that weren't even that good. Or at least they weren't good on paper. So a lot depends on you know how the, how the team uh, coalesces. I guess you could say. Now who's the manager of the uh, Royals nowadays? Uh, his is that Ned Yost. Ned, yes, it is Ned Yost. Is that one of those gigs that like they just they flip a dude out every like two or three years? He's no, he's been manager for maybe five. Oh, okay. You said his optimism and everything, and it doesn't sound like because uh, our our web guy there, Jeremy Boston, he's from another uh, beleaguered area. He's from Pittsburgh, so he's sort of suffered through this this kind of malaise as well. And he's like the yeah. fr- he says like the fr- he said like there the the frustration now is like palpable with the people. They're just ready to wash their hands of the team. It sounds like that's a little bit different where you are, where the people are kind of they're just happy to have baseball and kind of more easygoing about things. Well, I mean, look, look what Pittsburgh has that that the Royal or that uh, Kansas City doesn't. I mean, Kansas City only has two uh, two teams. We've got the Royals and we've got the the, the Chiefs. Yeah. And uh, and Pittsburgh's got a little bit more going on going on in that in that aspect. Uh, and the Royals have been uh, since they've been in town, not just the Kansas City team. We didn't have any time. Ta- I mean, for the longest time, um, you know, until uh, until Denver got a team, uh, people from Colorado would would drive to Kansas City. To watch a Royals game, so we had a huge market area. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, of course, Nebraska, Iowa. I mean, we just we just had a lot of places to to draw from. We we don't have that much uh, have that much anymore. So I mean, Kansas City, we're happy to have a team, and we're uh, um, you know we we just we just want to keep it. How far is Kansas City from from Colorado? Oh, we got a whole. Stayed in there in, in between us. It's a uh, it's about a ten hour drive. That's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, but it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen anymore. Anymore. Well, because, yeah, yeah. Because because of the Rockies. But but back then that was the closest team. Now let me see here. You sent me a fucking message where you said there was some things you wanted to talk about. I'm looking for it now. Something about how women love peanut vendors or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Was that yeah, after a few I, pops or something? <laughs> yeah, this, well, this was, uh, yeah, I was a, uh, food vendor at Royal Stadium, uh, when I was in high school and, uh, first couple of years of college. And, uh, yeah, chicks dig peanut vendors. Absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, unfortunately, the, uh, age I was, the chicks who dug peanut, peanut vendors were all 16 in there with, in there with their parents. So that, that never really worked out too well. Is that because you have access to the peanuts, so they think that you have some kind of inside track on, on like getting them backstage or whatever? I wore really cool hats. <laughs> How so? Uh, I had an English driving cap, Kansas City Royals English driving cap. Wow, was that issued, or did, they, or did you get that yourself? I, I had to buy that myself. I think it was twenty bucks back in nineteen eighty-one. Wow, that's a lot of money back then. Yeah, and can you imagine the sweat stains after a year of that year wearing that? Do you still do you still have the hat? No, I don't have the hat. All right. Some Once people I got married. On. I had I had to I had to ditch the hat, you know, because chicks were all over it. <laughs> the missus wouldn't allow it. No, 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 Jason, get rid of your Playboy subscription and uh, yeah, the the chick hat. Now I think the other thing you wanted to mention was Bo Jackson for some reason. Well, you know, I was uh, I was I was throwing things up on on Facebook because uh, of the disparaging remarks by some of the some of the people commenting. Um, no, Bo Jackson, I had uh, this this was back in God when eighty six maybe when uh, when the Royals drafted him. Um, since I've been around a whole lot of professional athletes, uh, uh, 
uh, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Joe Montana. I mean, within reach out and touch them if I, well, wouldn't want to. But, yeah, we're so inclined. <laughs> yeah, if I were so inclined. And uh, I went to the, the – and nobody – it really impresses me. They're just people. Even as effing big as Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco were, they're just a couple of guys. Bo Jackson, um, I was like I said, I was at his press conference, and he he walked by me within a foot, and I have never been physically intimidated by somebody as I was as I was that guy. Wow. Yeah. The reason the reason that he comes to mind is that uh, there was a recent article in the local paper uh, of George Brett saying, and I can't remember the name of the athlete. I'll have to look it up. Um, saying this uh, other guy he played with was the the best athlete he'd ever played with, and uh, Bo Jackson watching what he did it was had to be the greatest athlete I've ever seen play any sport. Period. Well, it's pretty amazing. I read an article the other day, uh, sort of an opinion thing, where it's like they said there'll never really be another two sport athlete ever again, probably because of just how restricted everything is. You know what I mean? I'm surprised he could even get away with it back then. Him and Deion Sanders. Those are the only two guys that, that played big, big time uh, of the four major sports at the same time. Yeah, and we're we're able to do it. And and Dion, as good a player as he was, was no Bo Jackson. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Here, here's the guy. Um, yeah, George Brett was saying that uh, that uh, David Howard was a better athlete than Bo Jackson, which absolutely blows my mind. Yeah, that's crazy. And when Howard was contacted about it, uh, he thought it was pretty damn funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's. I, I vaguely remember the Bo Jackson run just because he was so it was such an amazing thing at the time. So well, have you ever seen any uh any uh video from back then? All I can recall off the top of my head was the clip where he like climbed the wall to make the catch. Yeah, which which was which was amazing. I think one of the most amazing things he ever did I was watching on T V they were playing in uh in Seattle and he uh fielded a ball at the warning track, threw a guy out at home. Uh, no cutoff guy. Nice. Just threw the ball to home. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Whatever happened with him? Was that just injuries caught up with him? He, uh, I know this is something that probably might be, they might be able to fix now, but, uh, he was a running back for the Raiders and he got hit on the hip. Oh, yeah. It, uh, killed his hip socket and he had, uh, he, he couldn't, he couldn't play anymore. He went on to, uh, he had a ball joint replacement and went on to be a designated hitter for a very short time with the White Sox. But, uh, yeah, his career didn't last very long. Nah, he was, yeah, he was sort of a, a bright and shining star that faded quickly. <laughs> well, it's, and, and the funny thing is, is like, I guess, I guess like maybe that's in keeping with, uh, with he, there's sort of like this cultural nostalgia-ness to him. He, you don't really see him around anymore, at least as I don't. You know, he's not like a talking head on any of these shows or anything like that. He's sort of faded into, into like, uh, you know, I love the 90s territory or whatever. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen him on a, uh, on a reality show. Exactly. Now, I found the, uh, found the post here on the Facebook. So what, what, what do you have to say about Bob Euchre? It seems like something that's eating away at you. Oh, no, not necessarily. I met Bob Euchre at a, at a Royals game. I met a lot of people at a, at a Royals game. Uh, 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 Rush Limbaugh, um, who was a very pleasant person, very, very nice. Oh. I rode an elevator with him. Uh, Sam Donaldson. Uh, I had a conversation with Sam Donaldson at a Royals game, and he was a, a bigger prick in person than he seems to be on TV. 
And, uh, and we all know about your run-in with Potsy. Was it Potsy or the other guy? No, Ralph Mouth. Yeah, we all know yeah, about your running with Ralph Mouth. Yeah, no, no. That, I mean, if I were, you know, I was, I was a journalist uh, when I met these people. I wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't a nacho guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> was up in the press box um, getting, uh, getting a beer, which back then you could drink while you were covering a game, which was fucking awesome. Um, anyway, I was getting a beer, and, and Bob Euchre was standing there. Then getting a Coke, I think. And, uh, I was like, fuck, it's Bob Euchre. Should I go talk to Bob Euchre? And I finally decided, you know, what the hell? I'll go talk to Bob Euchre. So I went and talked, I went and talked to him for just a couple of seconds. All I said was, Bob, I really, really love, love your work. I really love what you've done. And he looked at me like he was shocked as hell that somebody was talking to him. And coming to, you know, thinking about it, uh, his body of work at that point included, uh, 200 lifetime average and Mr. Belvedere. So I was going to say, yeah. I was talking to, talking about. Right. I was waiting for the Belvedere drop there. Where, yeah. Where you're like, how oh. could you not have a Belvedere drop? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Bob Euchre, he's awesome. He is awesome. So, so that's good. So he was nice to you. Yeah. He was a very nice guy. All right. So we've put Bob Euchre over here on the show. Not, not Ralph Mouth though. That guy's trouble. Oh, no, no, he's, he's a beast. If you ever run into that guy... Uh, Remind me again what happened. What, did he stiff you on the nachos or something? All right, yeah, I was... I was. Uh, he raised his hand when I was vending nachos, and and uh, I fixed him a nice nacho, and he was like, oh, that's great, this is... Here, here's your money. He handed me a dollar and 75 cents, and the nachos were a buck 70 back then, and he wanted his fucking nickel back. Oh, my God. Well, maybe he didn't get any residuals off the Happy Days thing. No, I'm thinking that and the fact that the only movie he did after that was called Stewardess School. Kind of, uh, his finances probably weren't in great shape. <laughs> and he, I presume he didn't. <laughs> that's, see, that's when you could have busted out the, the Belvedere-esque drop. You could have been like, here's your nickel back. Loved you in Stewardess Loved School. Loved you were in Stewardess, Stewardess School. Oh, my God. Unheralded, Ralph. You were unheralded in that movie. He's no potsy. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else really uh, worth getting into before we get into the prediction. Oh, yes, I forgot about our annual Alex Gordon update. But a couple of years ago, I was seriously down on, on your show, seriously down on Alex Gordon, because it seemed like um, he, was, he was completely pissing away a lot of his potential. And uh, you won a gold glove last year. Nice, nice. And uh, his hitting is uh, improving. I think he's hit five uh, five homers in uh, in spring training. That's been one of the missing equations. Is uh, his home run totals have not been where they should. But nice. uh, yeah, Alex, keep him around for a while. Right. Well, as we were saying at the start of the thing before we started, uh, as we said at the start of the program before we started recording, it's you know there's a lot oh, of external. Recording? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of external pressure on Alex Gordon from the BOA baseball special. He has no idea, but it's like a voodoo doll. We've we've kept him under such a under the microscope for all these years. He's he's no rookie anymore, though, right? He's pretty. He's got to be. He's got to be around now for like five or six years. Five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's six, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely our show, or your show. Yeah. Our, our segment on on Alex Gordon that is. Turned his career around. <laughs> Maybe he listened to it and he was like, "I gotta get a hold of that George Brett and, and try and straighten out whatever went wrong that first time around." Yeah, Brett. Brett just a just a just a slight mention of of Brett, and because um, the first thing that popped in my head was you know Alex Gordon saying, "Who's George Brett?" But I remember 
when George Brett was uh, chasing 3,000 hits, a reporter asked him, he said, do you know you're one hit away from tying uh, Rogers Hornsby on, on the all-time hit list? And Brett looked and he goes, Bruce Hornsby in the range? <laughs> I had no idea who that Rogers Hornsby was a uh, was a was a baseball player back in the day. So it's cyclical. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what's the? You hear a lot of these stories about these these you know situations like uh kind of like how Ozzy Smith is on the outs with uh with the Cardinals. I don't know if he's back in their good graces or not. Uh, how can he be out on the outs with the Cardinals? I think he had some kind of robbery with uh with uh Tony Larusa or something. That's what I had heard, but I, I forget exactly the details. I guess the question I had was, so the, so the relationship between George Brett and the Royals is okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's uh, a vice president of something or other. Okay. And he still still suits up for, for spring training to, to help with uh, batting practice and things of that nature. But he's not a mean old salty bastard like uh, Nolan Ryan. Well, you know, don't say that to Nolan Ryan's face. Nolan Ryan might be 100 years old, but he can still kick your ass. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. That's why I do it in the comfortable confines of my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> now, uh, now, Brett was always a prick. He was he was a young young jerk. He's uh, probably an old jerk, but uh, the Royals and him get along great. Anyway, okay, so now it's time for the predictions. You've you've piqued my interest here by being so circumspect about the uh, about the Royals' chances. So we'll we'll dive right in here, uh, beginning with the American League East. Who do you have? Uh, who do you have taking the AL East? Uh, I have, um, God, I hate to bet against the Yankees, but I hate the Yankees so much. Uh, let's go Tampa Bay. Okay. A lot of people are bullish on the, uh, on the Jays, but I have a feeling they're going to find a way to fuck it up. So, don't tell Kimball that, but. He's going to hear this. Yeah, I think he will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) all right, uh, the American League Central, home of the Royals, who do you have? Uh, I, as you put it earlier, it's going to be kind of hard to beat Detroit. So uh, the Tigers. Okay. Uh, the American League West. The uh, Texas Rangers. Ah, okay. So you're seeing a bounce back season for them. Yes. Of sorts. Okay. They've been plundered, though. That's my only concern with them. They've been really plundered, like in the last few years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm doing some. I'm doing some things here that uh, they're just. You know, completely off the cuff. Okay. As in my next one. All right, the AL wild card number one. Kansas City Royals. There you go. All right. You're on board like I am with the, with their chances this year. We're going to be left holding the bag when when somehow it's the it's the Pirates that are the breakthrough team this year. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll take our chances. All right. And the American Pirates League- that haven't been good since Willie Stargell played. <laughs> Hey, I was I was shaking my head about the about the Orioles last year, so any, anything can happen, I guess. Uh, the American League Wild Card two, uh, the Angels. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And uh, so the now we move to the uh, National League. So who do you have in the National League East? Uh, the Atlanta Braves. Oh, nice. Okay. National League Central. Uh, gonna go with the red, the uh, big red machine. Okay. National League West. And just one thing about uh, yeah, about okay. the uh, uh, about the Reds. Um, that was my favorite team growing up uh, outside the Royals because growing up, if I wanted to watch anything on TV on Saturday, I had to watch a Reds game. 
So well, I grew up watching Pete Rose, and I am still pissed off he's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Do you yeah. think they'll put him in, like, posthumously somehow? Uh, pro- probably so. I mean, he's got more more hits than Jesus Christ, okay? Yeah. they got to stick him in. But did you see the thing where they x-rayed one of the old bats from, like, when he, for, like, his final season or something, and they found Cork in it? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if he got away with it and it took them, like, 30 years to fucking prove it, then more power to him. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's not like what happened to Sammy Sosa. Didn't, didn't Sosa's cork bat shatter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was, uh, he was clearly a craftier cheater than anyone could have expected, so. Although, you know, something they should, in light of that, they should take a lot of these bats and x-ray them to see. It would be, it would be kind of, uh, stunning and, and, and eye-opening if they x-rayed like a shitload of these bats, like they're in the Hall of Fame, and they're like, actually, most of them have cork in them. <laughs> um, alright, so you got the big red machine, uh, in the NL Central. Why, now I'm confused, why, why were you forced to watch Reds games? Is that just because of like the way the, the TV stations reach you when you were that a kid? That was the national game of the week. Nah. Every okay. week it was Cincinnati playing somebody. Bonus if they were playing the Phillies. Interesting. Because then I got to see Johnny Bench. Alright. Um, the National League West. Uh, West, uh, Giants. Alright. And then the, uh, the, the wild cards here. Uh, wild card number one? The Dodgers. Alright. And wild card number two? The Nationals. Alright. You got a pretty good, uh, pretty good ballot here. Pretty stacked. I like your chances. Um, and then we get the, uh, the American League champions. Uh, the American League, uh, gonna go with, uh, gonna go with Detroit. Alright. Going back to the World Series. Okay. And the National League champions? Uh, National League champions are going to be the, um, oh, God, I hate to do this, but, uh, well, let's do the Nationals. I was going to say the Giants, but I'm going to do the Nationals. All right. So Detroit versus Washington, D.C. in the World Series. Who do you have taken it all? Uh, Washington. Wow. All right. A lot of, uh, a lot of tears will be shed in Quebec. Right. <laughs> Which really, really, I hated, I hated them to move because that was my favorite, uh, old time Pee Wee Herman joke. What were Pee Wee Herman's two favorite, uh, baseball teams? Expos and Yanks. He got busted masturbating in public. Oh, there you go. All right. Took me a moment to put that together. The, the Expo, oh, the Expos, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, there you go. You can't go wrong with a Pee Wee Herman joke. No, even though it's, what, 15, 20 years old now. What the hell? Let's keep <laughs> going. I'll tell a Jeffrey Dahmer joke next next time. All right. Well, Being current. <laughs> we'll eventually you in for that. Pee Wee's made a comeback now, so people have mostly forgotten. Well, a whole new generation has come along that don't realize that he, you know, was a pervert. Yeah, I saw, was it uh, some uh, some toy store a few weeks ago, and they were uh, Pee Wee Herman. There was stuff from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It makes you feel old. Everything makes me feel old. <laughs> um, all right, well, that that concludes the, the baseball uh, portion here of the segment. Now comes plugs. What do you have going on that you might want to mention uh, coming up? I know you're going to be speaking uh, at a big event there in 
Is it, you're going to be in Kansas City. In, in Kansas City, Missouri at uh, Paracon in, on September 13th and 14th. Uh, the 13th being a, being a Friday. So, oh, spooky. Um, yeah, uh, Stan Friedman's going to be there. Uh, Nick Redfern, Micah Hanks. Uh, don't have the list in front of me, so I don't remember anybody else, but uh, I'm going to be speaking there as well. It should be fun. Nice, nice. How about, uh, new projects? You, uh, working on any books and stuff? Uh, you still got that, that, uh, the, the, the men's site going? Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of on, on, on hold. I wasn't, I wasn't getting anywhere with it. Um, I also was, uh, I had a couple other projects. I actually have two books coming out this summer. Oh yeah, I've seen your posts uh, on Facebook. What's what's going on with those? Uh, one, I uh, the uh, small the, the highway uh, that runs through the town where I live uh, goes all the way to Canada. So in the summer, I just got in uh, got in the van and drove, and I stopped all the at all the historical and weird places between here and there, and uh, wrote a humorous travel book about it. And it's uh, it's called uh, across the uh, was it across a corn swept land, and the because there's a lot of corn in Iowa and yeah. in Minnesota. Uh, the uh, tagline is or the subhead is um, uh, an epic beer run through the upper Midwest. Nice, nice. Yeah, so beer figures prominently. That should come out in June, and um, my first novel called uh, The Dead Earth uh, is coming out this summer. It is an end of the world zombie apocalypse novel. Nice, nice. That's a hot topic right now. You're in, you're in a uh, good timing for it. Yeah, I hope so. Awesome. Now, what about the the realm of the paranormal? You, have you left us? You're not leaving uh, us. No, I haven't. I haven't left. I don't have any any paranormal books uh, in in the works right now. I do uh, write a few uh, paranormal articles um, every month, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still got my toes dipped in it. I, I foresee sometime in the future another book because there's a couple of topics that uh, I find pretty pretty interesting. Nice. All right. And uh, do you have a hub where folks should uh, find you? I know you're kind of leaving Facebook behind. You're trying to sort of phase out. Are you, are you still phasing out Facebook, or you've given up on that? Oh no, the, I just uh, I just dropped out for a couple of weeks. Oh, all right. Uh, I had a deadline. Uh, I had a deadline to meet, and I almost missed it just because I spent too much time one night fucking around on Facebook. <laughs> Okay, so folks can find you on Facebook to keep track of uh, all your comings and goings. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or my my blog, even though uh, I don't post very often, but my blog from the shadows is still uh, up, and I still check it quite often. Nice, nice. All right, well, on that note, I thank you once again for coming back for the baseball special. I wish you luck in the predictions contest, and uh, keep us abreast of your latest developments, please. You said breast. I know. Yes, I, did I that will just do that, for you. Tim. <laughs> well, Jason, it's always a pleasure, and uh, I enjoy our laughs uh, every time we talk, so I look forward to uh, future conversations talking about the paranormal and uh, the world of baseball as well. Awesome. I'm available anytime. Awesome. You're listening to the Null of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special, welcoming back our old friend Richard Dolan. Of course, you know him as the author of UFOs and the National Security State Volumes 1 and 2, as well as AD After Disclosure, which he co-wrote with Bryce Zabel. And he's a titan in the world of 
UFO studies. But here today, of course, we are talking about baseball. And he's assured me here prior to sitting down to talk that, that he has really uh, done the research in the last few days. He's ready to rock and roll on, on baseball talk. So welcome back, Rush. Hi, Tim. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. <laughs> so, so you're a resident Yankee fan, so i got to ask, what's going on here with the Yankees? They're, they're uh, starting at a real deficit here as far as talent-wise. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox, we'll just say the Yankees for the moment, uh, are a perennial contender. I mean, not just contender, a perennial front-runner for the American League East every year, basically, for I don't know, last almost uh, 15, 16 years or more, almost yeah. a decade. Yeah. And um, it's not going to happen this year. They just it's not it's not there for the Yankees. There's just too many uh too many things going on. Well, it's stunning when it 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 you see this sometimes on teams. It happened to the Red Sox a few years ago at the end of the season, but it's like this domino effect where one guy goes down and all of a sudden it's like everybody's getting injured all of a sudden. It's it's crazy. I'm yeah. stunned oh, to watch it here. Absolutely. Well, it's, they they are the oldest team in baseball by far. By far, um, their average age is more than a year higher than the average age of the next oldest team in baseball. So that'll tell you, when you get old, you get injured. It's, yeah. uh, it's a direct relationship there. So you've got Alex Rodriguez, who's out. He's not even going to be in the first half of the season. If he's there at all, uh, he may show up, who knows, September, a little A-Rod appearance there. Um, and, you know, a lot of the other, uh, Tex Tejera is gone, or he's injured. Um Nick Swisher is traded. He's gone. A lot of the good players that they've had for the years are just not going to be there. And, and it's just an older, older team. Even their starting pitching, which I still think has the potential to be good, is really old. Can Andy Pettit actually be good again this year? I mean, honestly. Mariano Rivera is at the end of the road. Um, I never, ever want to bet against Mariano Rivera, but he's 43 years old. Let's get real here. So it's, it's the end of the road for them. And on top of that, you've had in uh, their division – other really exciting teams that are primed, I think, to be good for quite a while, and that their name is not the Red Sox. Exactly. No, it's weird. It's like the the Red Sox and the Yankees have the whole thing's flipped around now. It's a new era. Yeah, it's kind of it's scary. A new era. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've shuffled Bobby Valentine off, we're feeling a little better here in Boston. So I'm hoping. very happy for you guys. <laughs> I, listen, I'm one of those Yankee fans that actually doesn't hate the Red Sox. I, I, you know this. I've actually yeah. I always liked the Red Sox. I feel like they're, it's family. It's a Northeastern team. I'm kind of partial to the Northeastern U.S. teams. It's a big part of baseball history. I, I dig the Red Sox. I always want them to do well. Maybe not at the expense of the Yankees, but otherwise I, I kind of like the Sox. I like Boston. So go Sox. I don't think they're going to ha- it's going to happen for them though. There's, you got the Jays and the Rays. That's what it's all about in the AL East this year. It seems that way. And they take two different approaches. You know, the, the Rays just keep Finding talent somehow, even though they're not really uh, yeah. culling the the draft anymore. You know, no, I admire that about yeah. them. They they really. It took me a while to recognize just what the Rays were about. But you're, I think you're right. They're scrappy in terms of their management, uh, the way that they put their talent together. So uh, I think that they and they've got this great uh, prospect. I've, I've never seen this guy play, Will Myers, who uh, everyone is talking about. He's like 21, I think, years old. He's, he's basically a kid who's got it. So, um, and they got him from Kansas City. So they, you know, it's amazing. They they bring these guys up, they develop a little while, and then when they're about a year away from free agency, they flip them for another young guy. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's yeah. So, I mean, it, it's exciting, and and they've got, I mean, they've got a, a good talent. Um, 
to their team in in general, they've got a um, you know a lot going on. But I just think the Blue Jays actually are are the best have the best prospects in the American League East. Maybe in the American League, I don't know that. Um, and I'm partial in a way. I'm, I live near Toronto. I'm in Rochester, New York, right across the Lake from Toronto, and I I got a lot of uh, Canuck friends who are big Blue Jays fans. So I I kind of would like the Blue Jays to do well anyway. But really, they did a tremendous amount of work in the offseason. They've always been good. In my opinion, the Blue Jays were always a, a, like a very good team, just in a very tough division, which was too bad for them. But I think this is their year, and maybe the next few years might be their year. Um, from, from everything that I've studied, they've nailed down some of their best players. If they get lucky, they could have uh, a mini dynasty going there. Yeah, and they've really stockpiled on on uh, talent, especially with that Miami trade. What do you think? Now, I remember in the past you were very critical of uh, taxpayer-funded stadiums, and it's it's shameful what happened down there in Miami. I don't know if you oh, um, how how they built the stadium, and then they brought in all these guys, and they were going to get serious, yeah. and then all of a sudden, after one year, they're like, oh, and they just crapped out. Yeah, right. Miami, so like, you know, we're going to go back to being a, a, a quadruple A team again. Yeah, I don't I don't dig taxpayer-funded. Um, Things like this for baseball, I don't. I mean, I just think that it's uh, it's a burden to. Uh, I mean, you know, you get basically what happens is cities get held hostage by uh, by these sports franchises, and uh, I just I'd rather not see it. And yeah, you have a very good point. Miami just tanked. They just totally tanked. Uh, regarding the Blue Jays, I just want to point out I'm, the one guy that I'm really excited about is they they got this knuckleballer R. A. Dickey who was a nothing for his entire career. Yeah. I mean, a long, long career uh, with the Texas Rangers, and then he gets traded against the Mets. He starts, goes back to the minor league. He had basically a nothing fastball. He had, he's just a completely mediocre pitcher. Now in his late 30s, decides he's going to reinvent himself as a knuckleballer. And he ends up having one of the best pitching seasons of the last decade, really, uh, with the Mets. One of their only true bright spots, and uh, just phenomenal. Wins 20 games. Pulls off, I mean, incredible winning streaks, uh, strikeouts, and um, and now he's with the Blue Jays. And you know, with age, he's in his late thirties. You'd think, well, that's that's dicey for a pitcher, but I don't know about for a knuckleballer. I think it's just kind of a fun story to me. I remember as a kid, I read the uh, the book Ball Four, which is a baseball classic by pitcher Jim Bowden who back in the 60s was a fireballer for the Yankees, blew out his arm and tried to reinvent himself as a knuckleballer, wrote out a, a season-long diary in the late 60s, kind of like describing his attempt to make a comeback as a knuckleballer. He didn't make it. Book's a great book. It's a classic. But it's always good to see a knuckleballer kind of get that. I just think it's a great pitch. I like to see it out there. Yeah, and uh, he's yeah. only one of ex- th- several excellent pitchers the Blue Jays are going to have this year. I think they really can put it together. Yeah, they seem pretty stacked. It's uh, it's kind of scary. I'll be interested to see yeah. how they how it all comes together for them yeah. this yeah. year. They're certainly the way, a team to watch. Yep. The, the Red Sox, you know, the Red Sox really tanked last year. They were awful. Mm. But I, I think, um, I don't know. The Red Sox might be pretty good this year. They have to be better. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> they will be better, but they actually might not uh, stink up the joint. I, I'm thinking uh, I hadn't really followed what they were doing when I was reading up. It looks like they've made some very good moves, uh, gotten rid of some of the dead wood. I don't know. They might. They might. I think they'll be better than the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. But I think they'll both be kind of 
barely getting by. Well, it'll be interesting. Also, you get Baltimore in the mix, too, and they're, you know, they got very lucky last year, but they're really quite good as well, so. Yeah, they're, I think, I think they're a decent team. I don't think they're really an excellent team, but the American League East, um, even with the decline of the Yankees and the Sox, I don't think that any of those teams are really going to be awful. I think they'll all be at least average, uh, to above average. Because it, again, it will be another tough division just with a couple of new teams as the, the ones to beat. Now, are you taking a look at any of this stuff going on in the National League? You're interested in the, uh, the Nationals. They've really kind of, uh, come on in the last few years. And of course, you have the Dodgers who are sort of the new, to like the West Coast Yankees in a way. Yeah, um, yeah, the Washingtons have kind of blown, blown me away. I think a lot of people, you know, a few years ago, they were just a joke. Yeah. Um, of a team. And I think last year they really were the best team in the National League. They didn't win the, the pennant. World Series, but they just look so great, and they've got they've got so much uh, going on. They have a devastating lineup, and they've got a, a very they have ex- excellent pitching rotation. I mean, Steven Strasburg is exciting, and um, I don't know much about their their bullpen, but I think it's pretty good. My my feeling is that they are the team to beat in the National League East, and I think uh, they'll be followed. It's a toss up. Do you like the Phillies or the Braves? And I guess a lot of people like the Phillies, but I I think the Braves are going to are going to make that wild card, not the Phillies. Yeah, the Phillies I, seem like they're a couple of years away from where like the Red Sox and the Yankees are now. They're going to end up, uh, you know, kind of having a rebuild. I think. They, absolutely, they will. The question is, will they be good enough this year? Uh, right. Some people, I mean, they might still be good enough this year. It could be like their, you know, Indian summer. I guess um, they do have still very good pitching. Um, they're getting up there, but. Uh, I don't think they're going to overtake the Braves. I think it's going to be the Nationals and then the Braves and the National League East. Um, you know what? The, what do I know? I'm just I'm just <laughs> a UFO guy. Who? I mean, I grew up as a baseball fanatic, and I still love the game. I really and I love and appreciate the game. And by the way, if I can just say, aside from predictions, this is what I really would like for baseball to do, so that I would become a little more engaged every year, rather than just as a a passive onlooker, which I've become, which is that the game is so damn boring. It's unbearably long. Unbearably long. I can't take it anymore. So what do you suggest? Sort of that idea that they enforce the time between pitches so that that goes a little faster? That's a start. Um, You know, back, I was a a kid in the early and mid and late 70s, and um, average game is about two and a half hours. Now they're three, and, and, the playoff games, I caught a couple of playoff games, and I just thought, is it me, or are they even ridiculously longer? And guess what? It wasn't me. Playoff game average is three and a half hours. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I'd rather watch golf, <laughs> and I think I'd be a little more entertained. Um, so, yeah, there are rules that are on the book that are designed to keep the pace of the game up on the pitcher side and on the batter side. you got these ridiculous batters. They go in, even before the first pitch, they're stepping out, checking the label of their bat and their gloves and taking, you know, come on. Yeah. This is absurd. And then the pitchers do the same thing. Right, it's like to throw off the, the routine of the other guy. They, they should, it's not illogical that they do this. It's in the pitcher's interest to disrupt the rhythm of the batter. It's in the batter's interest to disrupt the rhythm of the pitcher. But that doesn't mean they should be allowed to do it. They should be allowed, they should not be allowed to disrupt the rhythm of the game, which is what this happens all the time. Uh, there are a number of other things. The commercial breaks, 
you know, I understand they got to pay the bills for the multi-million dollar contracts, but it's getting to be ridiculous. And they're not even following their own uh, rules for the commercial breaks. They're, they're going way too long. And uh, so it's just becoming ridiculous. And there's other things, pitching changes, mid, mid-inning pitching changes. I think a lot of people have talked for years about limiting that. You, you know, you don't need more than two per inning unless there's an injury. What is the big deal? Uh, some of these purists say, well, it'll disrupt the strategy. No, it will not. It'll force strategy to accommodate itself to some logic and, you know, common sense here. These games cannot go. Four-hour game is is torture. It's pretty and, brutal, yeah. And, you know, and they're losing, they're losing younger fans. So, uh, and another thing I, I was coming across, I'm always look, looking for suggestions to speed up the game. Uh, limit the number of warm-up pitches between innings. Uh, you know, for really, but guys in there leave the bullpen for five minutes warming up. Why does he need eight pitches to warm up when he's out there? He doesn't really. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these things are just absurd. And back, uh, in the 19th century, I'm a big fan of 19th century baseball. Oh, yeah. Um, People do not realize baseball of the 1850s was incredibly exciting. It was considered a high kind of speed, high impact sort of game, believe it or not. And it was just guys in big old mustaches with, you know, perfumed uh, uniforms or anything like that. (laughs) They were out there. They were playing some rough and tough ball, and it was fast. Uh, There was none of this BS that was going on in the games today. Typical ball game of the early 20th century. I looked up some box scores. They were like an hour, hour and a half tops. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. Yes, and people were into it. There's no clock in baseball, but in olden times there was. It was called the sun, so you had to get the game done <laughs> at a reasonable pace so that uh, you could actually do it, and, and umpires kept the game moving along. And, of course, that's all out the window. So I think um, baseball would do very well to return to its roots and to keep this game moving along, and I think they would win back a lot of new fans. The amount of time between pitches is like I think it's like thirty seconds between each freaking pitch. Right. Come, come on, that's just ridiculous. It was never like that in years past. So they got to speed up the game. My own personal beef, the whole thing with steroids, performance enhancement drugs. I uh, I would like to see that cleaned up, but I don't even. That's never going to happen. So forget that. That's a done deal. I think people should even stop talking about it honestly. But speed up the game, make it exciting. Yes, that would make me a happy camper. We'll see if they can do it. There's been talk about that for the last few years, so it's certainly not yeah, something they know about. You know, they certainly are they aware. Got, but rules are there; they don't enforce them. At least some of the rules, some measures are in place that they could do, and they haven't even done that. So, I, I, who knows? They talk and talk, and, and nothing gets done. Right, right. Well, the other problem with the playoff games too is they start like way too late. They start like at eight thirty at night or something like that. So they're going to go four hours. It's brutal. Yeah, and that's you it's know. Just, then the kids can't watch, and they don't really bring in any kids anymore. It's like uh, so. There was all this talk about trying to bring back the the day game, like at least one day game World Series game, and it was like they, they wouldn't do it. Right, right. It's crazy. I love day playoff games; they're awesome. Absolutely. I, I'm assuming they lose some numbers. They lose some of the uh, audience. Yeah, yeah. It's just not much money. Exactly. Um. All right. Are you ready for predictions? I think I am. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I have been thinking this through. I know you said you, you say you feel like a pseudo expert, so I, I'm almost at the pseudo expert level. All right, that's pretty good. You were the first. I'm looking at. I have a list here of the previous champions. You were the 2008 
champion. You were our first ever uh, prediction champion. So I rocked 2008. I'm just saying. <laughs> that was my year of years. Yeah, so here, here's what I think. All right. Uh, American League East, I picked the Blue Jays. Okay. Uh, wild card to the Rays. All right. AL Central will not have a wild card, but they will have a winner, and it's got to be the Tigers. We didn't really talk about them. They just, they really have become a very, very fine team. Yeah, yeah. They, they really, they're a complete type of ball club. They got excellent pitching. They got a great lineup. Uh, and there's no one in that division even to come close. I mean, I always want to like the Twins. But let's face it, it's just not going to happen with the Twins. So They've really fallen off. Oh, it's it's so sad because it's a, a, they were always such a scrappy team. I always admired the Twins. I always admired the Athletics. Some of those other uh, relatively small market teams that relied on really intelligent general managers to, to build them up. I just always rooted for them. By the way, I'm rooting for the Cubs. It's not going to happen, but they got Theo Epstein, formerly of the Red Sox, oh, yeah. running that, and I – I'm hope I really would like to see the Cubs in the next couple of years break their own curse and uh, win a World Series. But anyway, so I'm looking at the Jays and the Rays in the East in that order. Tigers in the Central Division, and I don't really think there's anyone competing. American League West, we didn't talk about them, but I'm looking. You got to go with Anaheim Angels. You have to go with the Angels. They have um, Albert Pujols is not what he once was. Even Albert Pujols at 80, 90 percent of what he once was. Is still better than almost anyone else out there, and I think he'll be good. Maybe not great, but he'll be good. And then they've got Mike Trout, who just is one of the most exciting ball players in baseball today, and a great team all around. And they got Josh Hamilton too. Absolutely. So, so they've got a. It's a phenomenal, devastating lineup. Yeah. Devastating lineup. Maybe maybe the best in baseball. I don't know. Uh, very very strong pitching. Uh, I think very strong pitching. You, you never really know with the pitching staff, but at least they've got everything lining up to look like they've got a good staff. I think, though, they're going to win that division. And then for, for the wild card in the West, it's uh, almost a toss-up for me. You know, I like the Rangers and I like the Athletics. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going with the Rangers. I think the Rangers will come in second place. I think they'll be the other wild card team in the American League. Okay. All right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting year for them because they've been plundered the last few years. So. They have been. They had them, but they, you know, they were in a couple of World Series the last few years. They still have good talent. Uh, they might not do it, but it's, it's my hunch pick. Okay. That's pure hunch. There you go. All right, now in the National League, for the National League East. Well, we talked about the, the Washington Nationals. Yeah. Uh, I think they are the class of that division. I think the Braves are going to give them a run for it. The Braves just amaze me. Uh, you know, they were... The, maybe the best team of the 1990s, or at least certainly one of the best teams. They were just great. They seem to have a, a dynasty going, and then they fell off the map a little bit, but they're back. They've got – they're another of these teams that's just very intelligently uh, managed. Right, right. And they've got a lot of strengths. I think that uh, they'll beat out the Phillies for the wild card in, in that division. So I'm, I'm looking at the Nationals and the Braves. Okay. Central – and the National League is like the Central and the American League in that it's, it's a little stronger of a division, but I don't think they're going to get a wild card. I think it's just going to be the Cincinnati Reds who, um, of course, won that. They won it last year, didn't they? I think they I did. believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't really know that team too well. I follow them a little bit. Um, they've got a great first baseman, Joey Votto, and they've got some other very, very good ball ballplayers. Um, for lack of anyone else out there, I'm going to say let's go with the Reds. And then in the West, I'm not a big Dodger fan. 
I How so? I really like to hate the Dodgers. I don't know what it is. Because they left New York? Maybe that's it. Also, the reason, like, I hate the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'll never, ever, ever forgive the Diamondbacks for stealing the 2001 World Series away from the Yankees. May they rot in hell for all eternity. You heard that, Arizona. I'm talking to you. But the Dodgers, I hate just a little bit less. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a, just a New York LA thing. I have friends in LA. I'm not knocking LA. I just don't really care for the Dodgers. But they are good. I think the Giants are still going to be the class of that division. Uh, Giants look really cool. And and they, you know, for a long time, I didn't really give them a lot of respect, especially when they had Barry Bonds. Then suddenly they get rid of Bonds, and they're like a good team. <laughs> they're like a very, they've become a very strong team. They won a couple of World Series in the last few years. And uh, they got this catcher, Buster Posey, who is amazingly good. Of course, he's one of these guys, i got to say, who plays all his games at the batter's box, Stepping out, taking all the time. They need to enforce that, but he's a really good ball player. And, um, and I mean, it's nice to see exciting young catchers in the game. He, he really could be one of the best players in the game for a long time. So I think the Giants will go in first. I'm thinking the Dodgers will win the wild card, the other wild card in the National League. Okay. So you got the Nationals, the Reds, the Giants, and then for the wild cards, you have the Braves and the Dodgers. That's right. Okay. That's what I'm looking at. Now, you weren't around when the Dodgers left New York, right? You hadn't been born yet, I presume. Or, or if you were, you were like a baby, right? I, I was not even a twinkle in my daddy's eyes. So. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't know. Number the of chronology but of that. I do come from a fam- My family all are from Brooklyn. Both sides of my family are from Brooklyn. And my mom's side of the family, especially with Dodgers, freaks. Uh, other than my grandfather, who was the Yankee fan, surrounded by the Dodger people. So I was always made for interesting uh, stories. I used to love hearing all of that, especially the year that the Dodgers won the World Series. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, they left Brooklyn in 1957. I love those Dodgers. I mean, I love baseball history, and I've studied them uh, a lot. And, I mean, look, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they got a great tradition. I'm not really knocking the club. They've got a wonderful, you know, wonderful franchise, obviously. I just... There are always teams that I love to hate, and they, they are the team that I love to hate. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nothing yeah. personal. <laughs> um, so, so who do you have taking uh, the American League pennant? Well, it was a tough one. It was basically uh, because all three division leaders really can go all the way, but I, I'm i picking the Angels. Okay. I don't, I don't know if they're actually better than the Jays or even the Tigers, but I think I think they'll do it. I'd like to see them do it, and they're going to be my pick. I think National League, you're looking at the Washington Nationals. All right, nice, nice. You're right and, where I am, too, okay. So. That's all right. I think uh, for winner, it's a toss-up. Who really knows? I'll just say Nationals. All right, there you uh-huh. go. That was easy. <laughs> I did my little psychic flash, and I saw their cap, so I said, that's got to be them. All right, there you go. Only on the baseball show does Rich hone in on his psychic abilities. Oh, tell it, baby. <laughs> now, do you, psychic. Do you still do the classic baseball? I know you, I think you had a knee injury or something a few years ago. Uh, you had so bail I out. messed up my shoulder. I oh, was okay. thinking I was like, I don't know, some superstar in my mid-late 40s, and I go, I, that, that form of baseball was barehanded, and um, I was playing uh, an infield position. Someone popped up the ball. It was the final game of our season, and uh, I ran and I extended my body literally horizontal to the ground on, on some cold, 
hard October soil up in upstate New York. Oh. And yeah, I came down and I landed right on my left shoulder. Not the right shoulder, which I mean, I throw with my right arm, but it was, it was extremely painful for an entire year. And I took the next year off and I took the following year off. You know, I'm at a point now where I, I've gone two seasons and I haven't played and I love that game. This is vintage baseball for anyone who doesn't follow it. It's a absolutely wonderful form of baseball. We play 1860s style. Uh, we've got rules. We know how, you know, how to do it and it's just a wonderful game. We get spectators. We play it at this wonderful, like almost like a field of dreams type of a place. So I may, at some point I'm going to come back and do it. I'm certainly not too old. I'm 50, you know, I'm 50 years old. But um, in our league, you got young guys, you got old guys. I, I still like to think I got the basic skills. I can still run when I need to. There you go. And I can still hit that ball. I'll tell you that. So nice. when, um, it's a possibility that even this year I may look into it and and play another season. Awesome. If so, if so I'll let you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Now it's uh, it, uh this is the plugs time here in the in the thing now last year you were working on uh rethinking ET UFOs for the 21st century mind uh got a status update for that That book is nearly it, actually that book will be out in a couple of months I've been awesome. working on it re- working on it the title now is actually called UFOs for the 21st century mind that's the um that's the title it's a book that's gone through more title and subtitle changes than I, I've ever done before but um and then the subtitle is an ancient phenomena for a new era. So really what it is, it's a new introduction to UFOs. It's a fresh introduction to the whole topic. It's a full-length book, but it's not like a massive multi-volume thing that I've done with UFOs in the National Security State. So basically one book, about three, 350 pages tops, and it covers every single thing. It covers the history. It covers, uh, you know, the whole idea of abduction and contact and all the nuance of that. It covers sort of the philosophy of how even to understand UFOs in an era in the 21st century, an era of Facebook and YouTube when we're flooded with data. How do you investigate UFOs today? How do we understand and differentiate a UFO sighting from uh, modern technology sightings? Uh, You know, we've got drones out there. We've got off-the-shelf items that individuals can just buy and and fly. That can be very confusing. Um, And uh, there's a whole chapter on science, the whole all the science is connected with UFOs, whether it's propulsion technology or space-time or consciousness itself. All of these, it seems to me, are important things for us to understand moving forward in this topic. But the thing I, I don't want to see is another UFO book that makes me feel like the year is 1985 and it's just like this old-fashioned phenomenon. It's, it's relevant today. There are things going on in our atmosphere and in our world today that are literally unexplainable by any conventional means. And um, we need to understand why it matters. The other aspect of the book, of course, is simply the politics of the UFO cover-up. This is something I've focused on so much in my life. So all of these things, and and dealing with it in a, in a sophisticated way, not like a uh, you know grade school level, which I think a lot of the people talking about cover-up to talk about the government, yeah, as if there is such a thing as the government. Well, what what is our actual structure of power in the world today? All of these things. I try to understand, I try to deal with in what I like to think is a sophisticated way, but something that's still a, a proper introduction, a new way to configure the whole field is really what I'm trying to do. We think the whole thing. Sounds it ambitious. Is, every book I've ever done is ambitious. And uh, this one, this one is, uh, I think, I honestly, I feel is a visionary book, and it's a fresh book 
And I think if there's ever, like, one book that if you have a friend who knows nothing about UFOs and you want them to know, this, I want this to be the book that they read, this one that I'm writing now, that I'm finished. Uh, I've done about two months. Awesome. All right. And folks can find out more at keyholepublishing.com, correct? Absolutely. That site, by the way, is going to be uh, – I'm burning it, and I'm creating a completely new awesome site that will be up probably in a couple of months as well. Awesome. you got a lot going on here. Any speaking engagements you want to mention coming up uh, in the springtime or summer? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm doing, I'm doing a lot coming up in the next few months. I'll be at uh, the Citizens Hearing, um, which is all about UFOs and disclosure in Washington, D.C. That's being organized by Stephen Bassett mm-hmm. at the very end of April for the first week of May. Uh, you can go to uh, – it's Bassett's site. Um, Just Google okay. Citizens Hearing UFO. Citizens Hearing UFO, you'll find it. Uh, I'm doing, I'll be appearing, I'm not speaking, I'll be appearing at a uh, conference in Central Florida in mid-May. Uh, what the hell is the name of that one? Paula Harris is setting that one up. And, um, golly, I'm, I'm going to be there to hang out. Uh, I'm there for the, uh, I do a radio show of my own called Richard Dolan Show with KGRA Radio, and mm-hmm. we're doing a thing. That's based out of there. I'll be in um, Ohio MUFON in the first week of June and Athens, Ohio, and then I'll be doing a thing at the end of June in Toronto with George Norrie, David Hatcher Childress, and Alex Jones. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, just the four of us on stage in uh, Toronto. That's at the very end of June. Awesome. That sounds great. I might want to check that one out. Yeah, I think that'll be pretty cool. I didn't even know until just yesterday that Alex Jones was going to be there, but I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll get, tell him to get get my ass on his show sometime. Absolutely, yeah, that would be awesome. He's kind of afraid of UFOs. Understandably, I don't I don't uh, fault him for that, but I think it's it's time to get an intelligent UFO conversation on the Alex Jones show. Absolutely, yeah, I would welcome yeah. that. Yeah. He's too busy feuding with Piers Morgan, though. He's got a. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, thanks for coming back for the baseball special. And as I said, folks can uh, follow along at uh, keyholepublishing.com as well as on Facebook. You're quite the prolific Facebooker. So folks I'm out there a lot. I've been a little bit quiet this week, but, yes, uh, I've, got, I've got a really cool Facebook page. I've got a lot of brilliant people coming to my pages, putting things up all the time. And it's a nice community of, of individuals. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Rich, and uh, I've always enjoyed talking baseball with oh, you. Same here, Tim. Hopefully our paths cross sometime here in 2013. Absolutely, I'm sure they will. You're listening to the Nall of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the final conversation on the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special, and we're welcoming Mike, who goes by the name Shot90S on the uh, official BOA forum, the US of E.com, and he won the listener participation aspect of last year's competition, besting our friend Red Sun Superman, who I'm sure uh, it was chomping at the bit to get the title back. But uh, Schatz claimed the championship here, so uh, congratulations, sir, on uh, winning the listener portion, and welcome to the show. Hey, Tim. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now, before we even get into anything, can you explain this shots 90s? Um, the shots part kind of goes back to talents that I had coming out of high school that traveled with me into college that ended up killing my brain cells. Like and sh- the 90, 90 is kind of when I graduated. Okay. 
Like shots of liquor, or I don't even know if I want to know anymore. Yeah. Shots, shots of liquor. Okay, all right. You say that like it's not shots of liquor, but we'll just we'll just say for the kids in the audience, it's it's shots of liquor. Yes. Oh my goodness! I didn't know this was. I didn't know the direction we were going to go in. Now, the heck with baseball. We're going this way. Yeah. Tell me more about this wild lifestyle. You kill your brain. I'm just teasing you now. Gotcha. Now, last year when you posted, you said you've been looking forward to this for a while, so you, uh, you clearly had it in for this for this championship. Well, of course I did. It's competition. <laughs> there you go. A man of very few words. <laughs> so, where are you based out of? You're uh, you're in, in Minnesota, I hear. We call it Minneapolis. I'm about a half hour west of Minneapolis, out in a town called Big Lake. Okay. How do you like that? It's quiet. <laughs> You've been there your whole life? No, actually, I grew up um, in the western part of the state. I've been in the Minneapolis area probably for 20 years now. But, you know, I always go to baseball games, football, or whatever. I never had that opportunity before. Plus, of course, I mean, the nightlife here is a heck of a lot better than it was where I came from. I don't know. I heard about the shots. <laughs> Tim, the shots were done in gravel pits. <laughs> Ah, the old gravel pit days of high school. I know the I know them too well. Well, good. We can relate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you say here uh, when you wrote to me that you don't, you don't have to go to many games or uh, actually even watch much. So how did you even come together with these, with these, uh, with these picks in the first place from last year? As far year? as for, from last year? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, just little bits that I did get to see and hear, you know, on Sports Talk or just on TV every once in a great while if I could catch a game or ESPN. So you're not, uh, so you actually are a baseball fan. You're just not someone. Oh, I love, I love baseball. All right. If I had more time and money, I would be as many games as I could be. It's just right circumstance. I told you circumstances prevents that from happening. Yeah, you mentioned, I think you're banned from that new uh, stadium because you punched an usher or something. Is that what you said? Actually, I pushed the usher down the stairs, um, kicked him, and then kidnapped (laughs) his chihuahua. Oh, boy. Let's go down the black market. (laughs) (laughs) So I take it then you're a Twins fan. Well, yeah. I have to admit it, I guess. I do love the Twins. Yeah, what what, what are you being so coy about? Just because they stink now? Oh, man, they stink. Yes. What happened to them? You know, I don't know what happened. I mean, it's... After a couple of years ago, everything seemed to fall apart. The pitching sucks. Um, Warren Owen Mauer seems like every other day one of them skins his knee or something has to be on the DL. I just found out today Warren Owen's on a day-to-day with back problems again. Now, so I don't know what's going on there. Did uh, Have you been to the new stadium? It's only been around for like two or three years. Have you seen it yet? Have you been there yet? Oh, the place is great. Oh, you've been there? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get... My dad gets tickets for one game a year, so we go. He comes down and we take the train in. Nice. But compared to the the Humpty Dome that we had, it's just night and day difference. Now, the rumor going around is that Johan Santana is going to need surgery. He's probably out for the year. This might be the end of his career. Are you secretly happy or are you sad yeah. for him? Oh, no, I I was thrilled. Wow. I mean, it's, I, it sucks for him. I mean, it, for any pitcher to have to go through that, but... Secretly, deep down, yeah, see you later. Sorry. 
maybe it wouldn't happen if he stayed in Minnesota. Exactly. You know, exactly. It kind of goes back. I think a lot of Twins fans are like that, that we expect some sort of loyalty and, you know, whatever happened with him happened, but it's still kind of nice to see someone that takes off and they kind of choke. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I know he had the, he had, was it a perfect game or something, but. He had a no-hitter last year, yeah. Yeah. But, well, no. I think they said that might have contributed to the injury because he threw like 140 pitches or something crazy like that, so. Yeah, that's just insane. No pitcher should do that. Did they get anything good in the trade for him when they traded him, or did anybody from that end up becoming anything good? I can't, you know, truthfully, I don't remember if we got anything for him. I mean, it was a worth a crap. Yeah, because I don't Like any other trade, they seem to pull off that, that just tanks on them. What happened? Did they give all the money to Morneau and Maurer and they have no money left to spend, or they, they don't want to spend that, much, or what's, what's the story here? How, how, they used to be really think, good. Well, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, the farm system, when I was growing up, it was the tops in the league. I mean, nobody could beat their farm system the way they handled it. And now that it's coming back, but their farm system was decimated. Don't ask me how or who made the decisions, but it sucked. Uh, Maurer and Warner were overpaid as far as I'm concerned. And the ownership is notorious for not spending money. Now they got the state to kick in a lot of money for the stadium. They, you know, put it in a bunch, but now they've kind of closed the wallet up a little bit and now we're stuck. Yeah. What do you suggest? Spend some more cash and get some decent players. I mean, you know, don't wait like the twins like to do is wait for a guy to turn 38 years old. You know, he's maybe he has one decent year left. You know, they need to start, you know, open the bank account up and go out and get, you know, decent pitching is really what's needed. Yeah. How are you feeling as a fan this year? Kind of dis- Sounds like you're kind of disenfranchised. I'm disenfranchised, but I don't think they're going to lose 90 games. I think they're be- a little better than they were last year. You know, hoping Garden Hire isn't quite as nice to them. You know, a little more discipline, maybe it helps them. Oh, you think he was babying them? Yeah, he gets a little friendly. Right. Yeah, I met the guy met the guy once at a fundraiser. He's super nice. And, you know, I can see him being a kind of a hard ass, but yeah, I can see you know, he's been here twelve years now coaching. Ten, twelve years, and I think he just got too comfortable. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah he came up under Tom Kelly. I'm surprised they haven't fired him yet. Yeah, he's on a he's is he on the hot seat at all, or are they too nice out there to fire him? Oh, they'll fire him. They gave gave him a one year contract, and they have basically they expect results this year. He's gone. Right. I, personally, I would have let him go last year. Well, they don't seem to be doing anything. They don't really make any noise or anything, even aside from big signings or anything. You just don't hear much from them at all anymore. Mm-mm. No, they're kind of sitting in the background now. You know, hope something happens. I think. Did they have the All Star Game recently? Or are they going to get it soon? Because they have the new mostly, park. Yeah, there's. God, the last one we had here, I think, was '85. They said with the new stadium, we're going to have one here in the next few years. Yeah, they're due. Oh God, yes, yeah. And this, I mean, this place is perfect for it, as long as they don't, you know, doesn't rain. Well, wasn't that the big thing when they moved away from the dome to the outdoor thing? They thought there were going to be a lot of uh, weather problems. Did that actually happen, or are they okay? No, they got lucky the last two years. We've had warm winters. Um, this year, 
they said Monday night game time is supposed to be 33. I mean, it Yikes. could be a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they've got heaters up for the fans. Well, that's good. But, you know, as far as the players, that's going to suck. All right. Are you ready for predictions? I am ready. Okay. Now you've posted them already on the forum, uh, but but I have so I have them here. But we'll go through them anyway for the record here, because now you now you're in direct competition with the experts. Well, with you know, the paranormal stars. I I fully take on that challenge. Oh, awesome! I like that attitude, Mike. All right, American League East. You have the Yankees. Explain. I have the Yankees. Yeah. I hate the Yankees, but. I will take the Yankees this year. Don't you know that, like, half their roster is on the disabled list? Yep. Okay. All right. Jeter's, you know, Jeter's pretty much done. I think they're going to they're gonna make one last hurrah for Jeter. Okay. All right. Even you don't sound like you believe that, but okay. No, I don't. <laughs> I, there's something about the Yankees, though. They just find a way to win, so it's t- entirely possible. Uh, for the American League Central, that's your stomping grounds. You uh, have the Detroit Tigers. Yes, I do. That seems like a safe yeah. bet. I think everybody across the board took Detroit this year, so. Yeah, do, you can't go wrong with Detroit. Do the Twins have a rival? Who's their main rival? Uh, White Sox. Oh, okay. I yeah, guess that would make like, sense, yeah. Yeah, because like, otherwise it's, you know, maybe Kansas, you know, what are the other choices? Kansas City and Detroit, and we generally beat the hell out of Kansas City, so. Yeah. All right. And then uh, for the American League West, you have? I have the Angels. Okay. I think they're going to do it. All right. I see here for the American League wild card, you put Toronto BJs. Is that an intentional double entendre or? <laughs> uh, you know, I'll let the listeners take it as they can. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like the master of coded language. I'm going to play this episode backwards, and it's going to be like the secrets of the universe on it. Perfect. All right, so you've got the Toronto BJs. Use your imagination, kids, for uh, for the wild card number one. And then for the wild card number two, you have the Chicago White Sox. I do. So you're going – I still think – Go ahead. I think they're a stronger team. Sorry about that, Tim. Don't, don't worry about it. I've, I'm, I'm familiar with how radio works, so I'm all right. <laughs> Glad you are. <laughs> you think they're a stronger team than what? Than anybody else that could take that Any spot? Other choices. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You've Pretty got crap. some interesting picks here. Uh, then uh, for the National League East, you have the Washington Good God Nationals. What is that all about? I keep thinking Senators. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were just like a disgruntled Expos fan. <laughs> Are there any of those left? I think just Paul Kimball. Okay. Uh, well, we'll give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, National League Central, you have the Cincinnati Reds. Yep. For the West, you've got? The Dodgers. All right. And then for the two wild cards, I'll, I'll, I'll pause and let you do it. So who do you have for the two wild cards? Uh, the Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. and San Francisco Giants. All right. And then uh, who do you have taking the whole thing on the American League side? Uh, Detroit. I mean, I, I think it's a gimme. Okay. All right. Yeah, they do look very good. And then on the National League side, who you got? I have the Washington Nationals. 
All right. A lot of people are picking the Nats this year, so be interesting to see how they do. And for the whole thing, we have winning the whole the whole thing with the whole World Series there. Same with Detroit's turn this year. All right. They've come close the last few years, so. Yep. You're feeling pretty confident about them. I'm pretty sure that if they don't take the whole thing this year, there's going to be gangs in Detroit that will burn that stadium down. I think I think RSS would be one of them. So we got to keep an eye. <laughs> we got to keep an eye on him. He's an ardent Detroit buff, so he will definitely be uh, in the streets if they don't win. So yeah, I'd hate to be out there. <laughs> oh boy! If they do win, I wouldn't want to be out there. So you've got Detroit winning the whole thing. All right. Well, we have put, we've sealed your picks now in the in the envelope. So Excellent. you are now in the midst of the competition. Now comes the good time. What's that? I said that's good to hear. Exactly. So what else you got going on? You got any plugs you want? You got speaking engagements you want to mention? Any books coming up? Um, my speaking engagement. I do have one on Monday in a meeting, purely for work. But of course, I'm required to speak. Um, books, no books, no. Okay. <laughs> I just figured I had to ask everybody else on the show about upcoming projects, so I figured I'd ask you in case you were like, you know, in case you've got some big cryptozoology book coming out that I don't know about. Uh, no, not yet. All right. And final uh, words of wisdom or advice for potential listeners who uh, were going to make a run at it and try and get on the show next year? Oh, go with your heart. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. Well I I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh I really do appreciate you being a good sport about this and congratulations on winning uh the US of E version of the prediction contest and, and earning a place among the uh among the paranormal stars. Oh Terry, it has been an honor. You don't know how surprised I was. And I do appreciate you putting this on, and I do appreciate the baseball show. Well, I'm glad someone does, because it's got a low oh, listenership. Gotcha. What? It's not, you know, it's not it's not the top-rated show we do. Well, it's hard to beat the meat-eating horses, I know. It really is. You don't want to beat a meat-eating horse. They'll come after you. Yes, they will. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, on that note, thanks for coming on the show, and good luck, and maybe you'll be back next year. Yeah, I'm going for it. <laughs> That's the spirit. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. That does it for the 2013 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Big, big thanks to Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, Adam Go-Rightly, Jason Offit, Richard Dolan, and Mike from the usofe.com for joining us here on this year's festivities. You can check out a complete listing of the predictions from the Cavalcade of Paranormal Stars at Banal of America, and that also includes the predictions from our friend Lauren Coleman, who could not join us on this year's special. Moving right along now, since this is the least listened to edition of the program each season, we are going to askew BOA audio listener feedback here because I don't want anyone's thoughtful correspondence to slip through the cracks at the end of the baseball special. 
Nonetheless, I would like to encourage all of you who are tuning in here to the baseball special to join in on the prediction fun. You can send your predictions to the usual outlets, BOA Audio at hotmail.com, or via clicking the contact button at Banal of America, or just join up at the US of E.com, T H E U S O F E.com, BOA's Paranormal Playground, to post your predictions. You very well may win the chance to appear on the 2014 Baseball Special. Additionally, of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, so just punch in Benal, B-I-N-N-A-L-L. That'll bring up my profiles. Feel free to befriend me, follow me, or poke me. And if you'd like to send your picks via those outlets, feel free to do so as well. Additionally, we got to plug the Benal of America Facebook page, where we are currently up to 962 likes and are open for your prediction posting there as well. So those are the means to contact me if you have thoughts on the episode. I'm not quite sure what you would have to say about the baseball special, aside from the usual suspects who say that they simply do not listen. But of course, we're talking to the hardcore BOA audio listeners right now, the folks who tune in even for the much maligned baseball special. You guys, of course, are awesome. Send me your thoughts, send me your predictions, join in on the fun, and thank you for taking time to tune in to this special edition of the program. Let's take a quick moment here and thank the outstanding and esteemed BOA staff, Leslie, Chiron, Regan Lee, Jovi, Tina Senna, Richard Thomas, Marla Pena, Bruce Pretty, Tony Morrill, our webmaster, Ray Weigel, and our graphics guru, Jeremy Boston. Now comes the time in the program where I take my hat off and pass it around to the BOA audio listeners and ask you to make a donation to the Banal of America franchise. I've been kind of lackadaisical here about asking for donations at the end of the program, but I'm about to enter into a very dire financial situation because I'm about to be crushed by the tax man in about 10 days and my funds are going to dry up quite a bit. So I'm turning here now to the BOA audio listeners, specifically the hardcore BOA audio listeners who are tuning in to the baseball special and asking you to help us out via a donation to Benal of America. How do you do that? That's simple. Just head on over to the website and click the PayPal button. That'll take you to PayPal. They'll walk you through the process. It's safe, secure, and simple. But if you don't trust the internet and you want to make a snail mail donation, you can do so by writing to Tim Benal, P.O. Box 232, Pinehurst, Mass, 01866. And you can find the complete address at Benal of America underneath the PayPal button. As always, it bears mentioning, folks, no donation is too small, and all donations go towards keeping Banal of America and BOA Audio up and running, commercial-free, and freely available for all of our great readers and listeners the world over. 
Now, as I noted at the beginning of the program, this is not the only episode available to you this week, because in a matter of days, I'll be rolling out a pure esoteric edition of the program, featuring our guest, Thomas Fusco. Thomas will be talking about his groundbreaking theories regarding the paranormal and what may be the foundation of a lot of mysteries surrounding high strangeness. It is a compelling edition of the show, and as I said, it should be reaching you in the next 48 hours or so. So stay tuned to Banal of America for that. And since we're talking to the hardcore BOA audio listeners right now, I'll tell you that the episode following Thomas Fusco will feature William Michael Mott talking about his tremendous book, Caverns, Cauldrons, and Concealed Creatures, which was a guest suggested by a BOA audio listener, and it is a must-hear edition of the program. That'll be coming at you in about two weeks or so. So we got a lot on the plate here at Banal of America. As always, stay tuned, my friends. And on that note, thank you once again to the Cavalcade of Esoteric Stars who joined us for the baseball special. And, of course, big, big thanks to the hardcore BOA audio listeners, the true hardcores, the baseball special listeners. Thank you for making BOA audio a part of your esoteric audio playlist. Until next time, this is Tim Benall, thanking you for listening and signing off.